Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and John Carlos. And this is now episode 154. In this episode, we are going to be recapping the NBA trade deadline. That includes talking about the blockbuster 76ers and Nets deal, Pelicans getting CJ McCollum, the new look Kings, and much more. A quick Patreon shout out to William, Tyler, Ruthless Rootster, Sensei Stevie, Drew Stop Whining, SA Crimes, Kevin, Woody Buckets, Tizzy, Corey, Max, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Chris, Charles, Michael, Greg, Cole, On Bloods, Cuz, Liam, T Grove, B Money, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, Travis Ball, Aaron Moran, Matthew Jimenez, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Ricky, Enzo, Sean, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George, Hikari, Mateen, Dave Two Freedom, and Jay Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua. Let's get into it, y'all. Shout out it's to gonna, So this is going to be a, a, a great episode. <laughs> it's Thursday, which means the trade deadline has ended today. This entire episode is going to be dedicated to talking about the trade deadline. Love it. Before we do that, though. All right. Shout out to PJs. He's a Patreon supporter. His name is Peter, and he sent us this Josh Giddy jersey. What a legend. Turn it around. Oh. Beautiful. Mid. Giddy on the back. Mid. Oh, my goodness. And he wrote us a letter, and I'm going to read the letter right now on the pod. It says, from Peter James. He's from Australia, which is pretty dope. We're going to try not to cry here. The Pick Aside Boys. That's what it says right here. With the Z. Yes, yeah, swag. Yeah, that is a very swag thing to do. Correct. Z, not Z. Yep, no. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't even think of that. Okay. It says August 1st, 2022. So maybe he's. This is how long he's had it, this letter for, man. August say one more time. Twenty one. August first, twenty twenty two. Bro, that's, that doesn't... hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. You meant twenty one. It says August first, twenty twenty two. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay, said, bro, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I was thinking too. Like, wait, what? Okay. Hi, guys. Since Joel is a Gideon, I thought I would have an authentic NBL Giddy jersey made up for you all. I enjoy the show, and I believe you all have a big future in sports podcast slash content and wanted to send you some support from down under. There is one condition, though. Riv has to wear the jersey on the show if Giddy gets another triple-double before the end of the season, as I know he is a big Giddy and NBL fan with a winky face. <laughs> Keep producing original, interesting content covering a broad variety of teams and players across the NBA. It is refreshing to watch. P.S. Go the Pistons and Thunder! Exclamation point. And P.P.S. If there are any custom fees or entry fees that need to be paid, send me the info. He put down his email, and I will take care of it directly. Regards, Peter PJs. This team suck. I know Pistons <laughs> and OKC. Horrible. Jeez, that's a tough year. Detroit. And Give OKC. Peter some love. Shout out to Peter, man. Thanks for the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> He's being that negative. Oh, my God. Peter, man. <laughs> it's because he knows that Peter did this low-key in spite of Riv. But at the same time, what a genuine gift. A giddy jersey? That is so lit. The jersey is tough. I ain't going front. It is actually a really nice That's an excellent way to put it. A genuine gift. Uh, it, well, it is. I'm blown away that somebody would send us something like this. No, honest to God. That's a big gift. That, that is, is a, not and no the, normal. The package itself costs $100 to get here. 
He spoiled us. Sure, yeah. Shout out to Peter. For real. Josh Giddy. So I, I don't know when he sent this out, but I'm pretty sure it was well before Josh Giddy had a triple double. I'm assuming. He's had like three in the past, like what? Maybe it was August weeks? 1st, 2021. Nah, but then he said another triple double. So I don't know. So probably like when he first got his first triple double, we can look up that date. You have to wear the jersey, bro. He didn't get the triple double. He's gonna get it though today. What if he get? What if he gets it tonight? They're playing Next right episode. now. Aren't they? Yeah, they are playing right now. I hope he doesn't get it. Where are they playing? Maybe they're not playing. I thought they were playing. Might be thinking of the Rockets still. Well, we want to thank Peter PJ's. No doubt. No doubt. Peter PJ is a fan of the show. Sent us this jersey, a Josh Giddy jersey from the NBL. It says Sixers on it. Hungry Josh. And he, the deal was because he knows I'm a big Josh Giddy fan. I call myself a Gideon, and he knows that you're not the biggest Josh Giddy fan. The deal was if he gets one more triple double this season, you have to wear this jersey. But we're going to make some new rules right here. <laughs> we're gonna post this on TikTok. I like it. If Josh Giddy stitches or duets this video, you have to wear this jersey on the show. <laughs> he about to do it, bro. Get ready, bro. Uh, I'll take the deal. That's a good deal. I'll take the That's deal. That's a very good deal. I'll take the deal. I'll throw the jersey on if he stitches it. Deal. You also have to. <laughs> yeah, now you got to give him. You have to give. I'll write down a little speech for you to say about how much you love Josh Giddy also. That, no, then that's the extra. That means he has to also get the triple-double. Okay, interesting. So if he gets the triple-double and he stitches it, I'll read the letter and I'll wear the jersey for All right. the full episode. Okay. All right. Deal. We should actually pick. We should actually have our fans pick out what they want him to say. Interesting. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. That's fine. He has like to get a, another triple-double. The top comment of what they want Riff to say. Uh, Gideon. That's pretty lit. That's <laughs> Gideon, pretty lit. Man. That's a Gideon fan club. Yeah, we'll see. They're real. I know. No, they're, they're real. It's insane. I told you, like, I would wear this jersey. This doesn't fit me yet. Well, it's going to fit me soon, but it doesn't fit me yet. Talk. Grandma. Yeah, man. I'm grinding, bro. You are, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm All this worker. New Jersey right there. <laughs> Grandma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bro, it's just that motivation. Once I, <laughs> once I get motivated, that's man, it. it's just kind of just flows. You motivated to open gym yeah. runs. You got to wear that to open gym runs. Come yeah, in there real. like Giddy. Diamond like Giddy. <laughs> nah, that jersey is so fire. Nah, yeah. I actually watched him when he was played for this team. Really? Yeah. Really? You were in Australia or? <laughs> no, like, what do you mean? I can watch it on YouTube, yeah. Oh. Like, Yo, come on, bro. That's why I scouted Gideon. I was like, he's going to uh, be good. Uh, uh, and Riv was like, I don't see it. It's like NBL yeah, competition you were rude. sucks. You were rude. Like, you could have just said, nah, he's not it. But then you were like, admin, he's not I, it. I feel like saying nah, it's not it is worse than what I said. I'm just I'm just blunt. I just say how I say it. There's no, like, adjustment to how I say it, so. No, I'm talking about. Can you can you oh, put the jersey? Yeah, hang uh, it up. Uh, There's the thing right there. Somebody called and me like a meerkat. And have the Giddy show, huh? Somebody said I'm like a meerkat. What's a meerkat? <laughs> what does that mean? You look like one? No, like a, like oh. like I just come out and I just negative. Yeah, I'll tell you what. They're not wrong. It's life, man. I'm, you're not, it's either you're one way or the other. You're either 100 supportive or you're 100. This guy sucks. <laughs> no in between. Right? Somebody somebody messaged the Instagram and said I needed to apologize to you for last show. Me. Oh, you? Yeah. For what? <laughs> Bro, for the, the whole segment of him not this, answering your question. Yeah. The why, would same, he, why would he apologize? <laughs> somebody messaged, Bro, somebody messaged so the pod. Somebody messaged the pod and was like, the way Joel treated Riv just turned me off. He doesn't deserve that. And it's, it's no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. After the segment, there was real tension there. 
Like if you <laughs> like, I know, I know that they, I know that they can feel it. If y'all, if you guys watched until the, that segment, you got, you guys know you could felt it here. The feeling was even stronger. Yeah, for we real. we stopped hitting record. It was just like, okay, y'all, I'll just see you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you later. You walk out. JC, he usually stays for a little bit. He's like, yo, I'm out to the crib. <laughs> I was trying to get that food, bro. Back, it was warm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yeah, there was some there was some real tension there. But I didn't. I I've barely. That was the only message that I got or comment that I seen of like asking for me to apologize bro, or something we, to apologize. What do you think, bro? You needed to apologize or not? No, no. <laughs> I don't I think so. Either. I don't think you did. I thought after the night was over, we was done with it. I was just like, I we kind of have a we kind of have a rule on the podcast that whatever happens on the pod stays on. That's the pod. it. That's the only way yeah. you got to treat it. Yeah, sure. there are some times where things will get outside of it and yeah. there'll be some, but that's very like few and far between. I was gonna say it's so been months. Survived, if yeah. that, it's yeah. been months. It's really has months. months. So we survive, man. For real though, so we survive. You got to overcome the the adversity to really come out on the other side. Yeah, because there's one thing like it's one thing for comments and negative stuff on the outside to get to us but we can't get to each other no definitely you know not. what i'm saying like definitely that's not. like this it's a team thing so yeah just wanted to met, say that because i'm pretty sure he might be watching this pod right now and he's this like guy. i hope he apologizes <laughs> he's like if he doesn't apologize i'm turning this podcast off podcast <laughs> off that's insane, bro. That's like our what? That's like our third time doing that, third or fourth. Yeah, the other one was when we debated the LeBron rings thing. Oh uh, yeah, that, the, in the bubble, right? Yeah, yeah, that was one. Was that a minute ago? That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. we do it probably like once a year, and it happens. So like it's a very heated. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it's very heated. Very, you know, I don't feel like we get like that. I just feel like you and I just get animated. No, it's just me and him. It's always just me. You know him. what I mean? Like if we're getting into an argument, it's an animated argument. It's not like a yo, you don't know anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, it's not like that. The me and you, we barely get into any arguments like that at all. Yeah. Maybe with the Lakers at it's most. You know, you're a little. You know, so I don't. It's because you don't like you don't like to argue with me. That's <laughs> no, what it is. It's not. I win. What are you talking? All right, you know I'm gonna make sure to disagree with you today. I'm gonna make sure to disagree with you. The Sixers and Nets completed a blockbuster deal that oh boy. we were looking forward to happening. It's a simple question: Who got better after this deal, or which team got more better? Or do you think the Phil- the Seventy Sixers are now better than the Nets? Are the Nets now better than Philly? You're the Nets fan here. I'm gonna start with you, JC. All right, so I'm gonna be as objective as possible. <laughs> um, so. The trade, I mean, I think the trade was pretty much even. But uh, with that being said, there's still a lot of question marks on the Nets. You know, we haven't seen Ben, Sim- ben Simmons play in a really long time. So we don't know how he's going to come back. Kyrie Irving's vaccination status. I'm hearing that there's that there might be a change by next week. Could be wrong. But that's another question mark. Kevin Durant's injuries. Not a lot of continuity with this group. This is a new group heading in after the All-Star break with only about 20 games, 20-some-odd games to get the chemistry going so as crazy as it sounds i wouldn't be surprised if the nets really didn't do anything this year outside of get to the second round i just don't think that you can put a team like this on the fly that quickly and have instant results now i think the nets will be better geared towards next year because they got two first round picks they got clashed and they got they got a lot of pieces that they could flip for another solid player like a like a Miles Turner or a Jeremy Grant, something like something along those lines. But uh, obviously they didn't get it in the trade deadline. I think that was a move that Marks and, and Thai kind of said, like, you know, let's just run it this year. Let's see what we can do with these picks. And, you know, we'll go from there. But uh, in terms of Philly, I mean, them being able to keep Matisse 
who was somebody that I was really, I really wanted him. Like <laughs> I was going to be, I was probably going to make him a T stand account. Cause like, I just love the way he plays defense. And you know, that was smart that Daryl Morey didn't put that. But like I said, um, I was talking to a couple Nets fans earlier and James Harden stands. This is a big year for Philly. And I definitely think that Philly did get better. I mean, you got James Harden, you got to keep Maxi, you got Matisse, you have Joel Embiid playing at an MVP level, looking like the best player in the game. Like right now, like that's how dominant he's been. So, I mean, you know, it's a big year. I think Philly definitely got better in the short term. I think this is a win now move for Philly. They're trying to execute and capitalize on how great Joel Embiid's been this year. And, you know, them adding Harden, I mean, I think we could see a similar storyline. I think Harden gets to Philly and starts balling out like we've never seen before. Like, I think that's an actual possibility. But, I mean, you know, Philly definitely got better. Um, Philly, to me, is amongst the three best teams in the East right now that could make it out. I think that this move, I think this move for now puts them over the Nets. I start to see what the Nets do next year with more continuity and what they do with those two first-round draft picks, whether they flip it for a player or whatever the case may be, I just think, you know, the Nets on the fly getting Ben Simmons who hasn't played all year. Kyrie status, not really in the right mindset and time frame to really win a title this year. But um, out of the two teams right now, Philly definitely got better. You got James Harden, who's a, one of the best playmakers in the game. He's happy now. He's inspired. He's going to play great basketball. And, you know, Philly got to obtain and maintain their their best defender, Matisse. And that's that's going to be really big. You know, he's a guy that you can throw on any superstar point guard shooting guard small forward maybe even power forward sometimes uh depending on the weight and size but he can hold his own so uh right now philly has the upper upper an, um end of the bargain in the trade but i will say one thing before i pass it along if james harden doesn't win the championship with this team this year right now it's going to look really really bad on him so this was a win now move for daryl Morey and philly and all i got to say <laughs> is you guys better get it done because the way you forced your your way out of two situations in Houston, now Brooklyn, you wanted this team, bro. All the cards are on your table. Let's see what you could do. Luckily, I'm not a Harden stand, so you know I could care less if you want to know. I've been critical of James Harden. There's no doubt that I have been. And I want to say this. Just, just because I'm one of James Harden's biggest fans doesn't mean that I'm going to cater to every single one of his moves that he does because I definitely feel like in this situation he was wrong. I think forcing himself out the way that he forced himself out, then a report coming out saying that he didn't want to publicly request a trade because he didn't want the optics of it to look bad when we already knew you wanted out. Like it was obvious by the way you were playing, you didn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore. I didn't like how he handled the entire situation. When he first got traded to Brooklyn, I put my Harden jersey on, I wore my beard. I was celebrating. Now I don't feel that same type of enthusiasm just because of the way he's handled this entire situation. And I don't think it's really going to work. I have a lot of question marks about this. Philadelphia. That's interesting. Traded, the, the trade on paper is Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond, and two first-round picks. But in all actuality, it was just Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. In the first round picks, because Simmons has not played for Philly all year long. They have not had him all year long. So it's really just like the players that are have been in their rotation. They're just swapping out Curry and Drummond for Harden. Philly has a lot of depth, has a lot of floor spacing. They're talking about Tyrese Maxey starting next to Harden. I would put Tyrese off the bench personally. I think it would be he'd be better off the bench. And I would start Harden, Danny Green, Thibault, Harrison, Embiid. On if 
depending on if I need more <laughs> shot creation, I would start Maxi. But I think off the bench, he'd be a great six man. They still have Cork Maz. They still have Shake Milton, who's there, even though he hasn't played much. They have Niang. This team is really good. I'm not denying it. But I still question if if they go to Milwaukee and you have Drew Holiday who can guard James Harden, do a solid job on him. Now, how does the team look then? I feel like there are still teams that match up well with Philly. Miami Heat and Philly in a series. I'd probably pick Miami. We know James Harden's track record in the playoffs. Even though it's not as bad as I think everybody likes to make it out to be, he definitely doesn't play at the superstar level every single given time. And there are games and series where he does have stinkers. I thought this was a great deal for the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons is not as bad as people think he is. Mm. Because of that playoff run and because of his playoff experiences, he's been getting shitted on. But there is no other time that he's gotten shitted on this bad than what he just went through. Like, he went through the worst of it. And him not playing this year made it worse. But Brooklyn just needs him to be a solid defender. He's an elite one. They just need him to be somewhat of a playmaker. Imagine a small ball lineup of Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Katie, and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, his entire career, has had to play with the center clogging up the lane. Now he doesn't have to play like that. But also, he's not being asked to be a primary scorer. Because you know Katie and Kyrie can give you 30 every single night. Seth can give you 16. Mills off the bench can give you 12 to 15. Harris can give you 15 plus on any single given night. Even Aldridge could give you 14. And Aldridge has been good for them too. I feel like the Nets got better. I think they're the better team. And I think there's this new New York City thing going on that Kyrie might be available to play for home games. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons is vaccinated, so that's not a problem. He'll play in home games. Nets at full strength are the better team. And if you're telling me, who do you who do I trust in the playoffs more, Katie and Kyrie, if I'm getting a full-time Kyrie or Embiid and Harden, I trust Katie and Kyrie. I think Katie, but I just trust Katie more than anybody in the, in the league. <laughs> I know Embiid has been playing at a, like a great level, and he's one of the best Amazing. players in the NBA. <clears throat> but I just really don't see it. I, I just think Harden, he's played with Chris Paul, <clears throat> Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Dwight Howard Kyrie. at one point, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn again. If he doesn't get it done with this team, with Philly, after forcing his way out of two situations, it's going to look really bad on him. And before I pass it on to one of you guys, I want to say this. Ben Simmons didn't play in Philly because he was battling mental health issues. I'm not here to say those were false or not. In my gut, do I think it was kind of all of a play on the situation? I do. Did I believe him when he first did it? Given the timing of when the comments were made, I wasn't really sold. But Ben Simmons can't mess up this situation. Because Ben Simmons used mental health as a crux to not play basketball in Philadelphia... He can't come to Brooklyn and play right away. He has to wait a couple weeks. I think he joined the Nets on their road trip to Miami. If he played in that game, 
I would be shocked. Because if he plays in that game, it shows everybody that he was just lying about it. And that's a huge slap in the face of people who deal with real mental health issues. The smart thing, if I was Ben Simmons PR person, which they put out a great statement, they said he has already talked to Katie and Sean Marks, eager to join the Nets. We've got to work. We, we've got work to do to get him back to play, but it's a great step in the right direction. That was a great PR statement. It basically means that he's not all in yet. He has to get through his troubles, but he's eager to join the Nets. I think we're going to see Ben Simmons in two to three weeks. I think two to three weeks, they have to give him that grace period until he can play again. Or else the optics of this entire situation are going to look horrible on his part. And this is, is his public image is going to take a huge hit, even more than what is taken, because he used mental health as a crux to not play for the 76ers. And then once he got traded, magically, hey, I'm good. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm, I'm, I can play. I think if that is the case, it's really disrespectful. Just to answer that real quick so we can go back to the topic of Nets and, and Sixers. It's a possibility where his mental health issues stemmed from being in Philadelphia, being on the 76ers. 100%. You understand what I'm saying? So as soon as he's traded to Brooklyn, there's a possibility where he feels a little bit in a different headspace, a better headspace where he feels as if, all right, this is my time for a new opportunity, a, a, a clean slate and I could just focus on playing basketball now and not have to worry about the extracurriculars. I do agree. I think he should wait a couple of weeks, one to two at the, at the most for me personally. But it could just be where Philly fans were absolutely destroying him in the media, whether it be social media. When you see him in person, they just would absolutely bash him with a, a berate of comments that were just nothing but negative because of his inability to perform for them in the playoffs. He needed to get out of there. So it's a possibility that him coming to Brooklyn now frees up his mind and he's in a different space. I agree with you. My problem with that is the comments about his mental health not being in the best of shape happened after he was getting fined. Well, I thought it was before. It was after he got fined. Really? I yeah. thought it was beforehand. Like, it was at the reports of saying the Philly said we're going to fine him if he doesn't show up. Oh, so this was a minute ago. When yeah, they it said, was okay, in the offseason. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Ben Simmons, once Philly, Philly was like, we're going to fine you. Oh, mental health. But they still they still find him. They still find him. But right now, like his agent, his representation, they're trying to fight against it. And they're trying to use mental health as a reason as to why he should get back that money. Okay. So the, that's why I don't know. That's why it's hard. The, for you to the timing mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. comments is why I'm not all in mm -hmm. on Ben Simmons' mental health you and deteriorating. Ahead. And I'll give my comments. Ooh, this has been a been a very exciting deadline for us. You know, for you, of course, you being a Nets fan, you being a Ben Simmons fan, and you. I'm shocked. I'm shocked fan. on your thoughts personally about what about you being out on the Nets this season. Um, I was actually, you know, that's funny because you were going to say the same. You think. Think about the situation just for a quick second. Brooklyn has lost nine games yeah. in a row. Kevin Durant won't be back till the end of the month. I know after the All Star break. Yeah, so well, it's end of the month, towards yeah. the end of the month. Kyrie can only play on road games. Ben, like you said, we're probably not going to see him for the next two or three weeks. So Joe you're looking Harris at still hurt. you're looking at he Seth might get Curry a second surgery. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at not... Seth Curry on home games, and then Kyrie and Seth on road games. 
it's not out the rim to say that maybe they, you know, I'm saying Boston's climbing. They have an easy schedule. Atlanta's still right behind everybody. Toronto's been steady. Six right you know? now. So it's like, but I, I still think they'll get in the play-in because, you know, they're, they're going to be all right. But I think, like, it's okay to be that because it's like, it's like looking at the team, it's not looking too good right now. But I think on both sides, like you said, both sides won. You know, you, you look at Philly. They wanted another star next to Embiid. They got it. You look at Brooklyn. Shooting, they wanted defense. depth. Shooting, length, rebounding. defense, rebounding. You know, they, they got it. Now, if you want to dig deep into the per, the guys personally, then you can do that. But just from looking at the trade from a standpoint, I think both teams won. Now, for Philly, it's really about just Harden's, can he survive in Philly? You know, can he get back to being who he is? If he can that Philly crowd is rough. They, they're gonna, they're loyal. So if you play well, they're gonna be there for you. But if you don't, you're gonna hear about it. But like you said, you gotta capitalize on Embiid's MVP level play right now. And Harden's probably, if you look at Harden's, probably the guy to do it. He's the guy in the market. He's the guy that could probably get you to the top. I think Brooklyn is a little bit better right now because of the depth. I think fully healthy Kevin Durant, Kyrie. They kind of cancel out Embiid and Harden. And then you got Seth, you got Joe Harris, Patty. you got Patty Mills, Aldridge. you got L.A. <clears throat> so it's like, it. it I mean, <clears throat> I like Mac. I, listen, I told, I, I knew Philly wasn't going to let Maxi and Thibault go in that trade. And I'm glad they kept both of those guys. But at the same time, their bench looks a little streaky. You know, like you said, Korkmaz, Nyang. I, I trust Patty Mills and them boys on the bench more. But both teams look primed to really make a run in the playoffs if they're both healthy. I like the trade for both teams. Really, like I said before, for both teams, it's just about the, the mentality of both the guys that they traded for. Ben Simmons and James Harden. Can those mentalities step up and can they really help their teams the way they need it? Philly was already surging. They've already been at an elite pace this year and beats doing his thing. Maxie's doing is his wide thing. wide open, they think. The East is extremely <clears throat> wide open right now. You know, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly has entered that conversation with James Chicago. Harden. Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland's up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're good. So it's like Boston's climbing. Atlanta it can It'll sneak anybody. It's like the East is wide open. So you get a guy like Harden to pair with Embiid. That's always special. But Phil, uh, Brooklyn, it's depth. For them, it was depth. They, they, they Outside of Kevin Durant, who was carrying them on the back this year, and Patty Mills, who showed up probably consistently, you don't know what Harden he was going to get every night. Kyrie was only playing on road games. You, like It was just not enough consistency. So with Seth Curry, he's on a contract for, I think, another year or two. Mm-hmm. You know consistently he's going to be there every night. And in the playoffs, he's a dog. So that that's no... Joe Harris is probably frosty in the playoffs. But Seth... He's a dog. So and Patty, you, too. You know, you know they come into play. So that that spacing is going to be there for the shooters. And if Ben, you know, he plays at the five, you never know. The Drummond one, I'm tricky on Drummond because I've seen Drummond in the playoffs. They needed depth at the big. They I do mean, need, need a rebound. They were one of the worst rebounding did, teams But Drummond, I'm not, like, excited about him against other bigs, like like in the East. I'm not really excited but, but about him. Like but against, like, a Giannis center? and Embiid, I mean, yeah, like, there's really I've, no answer for yeah, him, Yeah, so it's like... At that point, I would just play offense for defense. But like you said, the, the depth. You just get it for depth. Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond, he's been solid in his backup role this year. So I think if he comes off the bench this year for you guys, he's going to continue that you know solid performance. But I think win trade for both guys. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I think win. I kind of, I kind of wish that you know, obviously. Mark's made some more magic. I kind of wish that we would have traded one of those picks and like a Claxton for like a Miles Turner, see if we could make the contracts match. Because Miles Turner is a stretch five as well, and you can run the lineup with him, and, and he's a he's a pretty good three point shooter as well. Miles 
well, they made it very and clear. defensively. He wanted really to good. play with Halley. Like he was excited about yeah. that, and they was decided then, to keep both of those guys. As far as the Jeremy Grant one, I mean, we've heard the statements that he said that he wants to be yeah. like the option <laughs> V guy. I tweeted like I think that if he buys in, he can be the best role player in the NBA in basketball if he buys in to that role. But obviously, you know that's a risk as well because he's going to want money. He's going to want to higher role so that might be mess up the team chemistry but i was really hoping that you know we could have snagged miles turner but hey if he wants to stay with tyrese hey man gonna stay with him wish we could add him though i'll try to make this quick but there is a lot to unpack here before you go james harden plans to wear the number one jersey for philadelphia Mm. because 13 is retired by wilt chamberlain number one i like that so Harden Will. is wearing number Literally. one. I like that a That's lot. That's why I didn't buy a Harden jersey yet. I'm going to buy it, all but right. not yet. Uh-huh. All right, so this is why there's a lot to unpack here. We'll right. buy a Ben Simmons jersey. It makes sense. It makes sense. Because, look, Wilt, number 13 is retired. Number three Wait. is retired by AI. AI. So, number one, that's why he went with it. Because one, three, one. Uh-huh. He couldn't get AI. Yeah, you definitely can't get AI. AI. Even though he's better than him all time, but you can't get him. He's the Philly legend. He is Philly. Yeah. At least modern day Philly, without a doubt. So, iconic. I lean one side more than the other, but I'll I'll talk about both really quick. Harden wanting out of Brooklyn leads me, at least, to believe KD's injury might be worse than what are we're being led off to. Oh, you're to taking this approach. I I do believe something deeper down is going on with KD's injury that we're not hearing in the All Star game selection for the for the teams. They asked him a question, not once but twice. KD, can we get a timetable on your injury? His first response was a very abrupt no. <laughs> His second time he was asked, he's like, there's no timetable. That's all I have. So Thanks, I wonder if this injury is worse than what we're being told. It's Kevin Durant. He's had a history of injuries that linger. But last season, he had a hamstring injury, and he came back, and he was perfectly fine where he— he had people believing he was the best player in the world. He was playing like the best player in the world at the time without a doubt. Believing. <laughs> it's a fact. He was playing very well, no doubt about <laughs> he it. Like it. He was playing absolutely amazing. Now, for the trade, I like <laughs> Philly getting Harden. I believe you said it perfectly. I wish I would have went I would I wish I would have went after JC. This is basically Seth Curry and Andre Drummond for James Harden. It really is. Big upgrade. They were never going to see Ben Simmons play in a Sixers uniform ever again. So essentially, right now, the Sixers are the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, two and a half games out of first place. And this is with Seth Curry, who is definitely not as good offensively as James Harden, does not supply the passing, facilitating abilities that James Harden possesses. And now you're plugging in a 24-point-per-game scorer who can get Joel Embiid involved in the offense more. And you gave up Seth Curry, who's a fantastic shooter, lacks defense, and Andre Drummond, who's your backup center. I love the package that the Nets got because the Nets needed certain pieces. Absolutely. They needed a big. They needed defense. They needed a shooter, especially with Joe Harris being out. In terms of what team got what they needed most, Nets, no doubt. But in terms of... Who got better? I look at it in the sense of you just got, when he's on, a top five player in the NBA in James Harden. He hasn't been top five this season. He's probably just outside the way that he's been playing in Brooklyn outside the top 10. Just outside. But we've seen it once where he was in a situation where he wasn't happy. Comes to the Nets and is playing James Harden basketball. Like he never left. 
<laughs> it would not be out of the realm of possibility to see him come in night one. I'm sorry, JC. To see James Harden come in night one, and he's electric. It would not surprise me. I look at it as if the Sixers understand their window is not is not creeping close soon. They understand that Joel Embiid is a big body dominant force, and he has a bunch of miles on these knees that already have been proven to not be the most stable. They're trying to get James Harden while he's reaching also the end of his prime. And Joel Embiid, who is going to be in his prime for a little while, but he's 27 years old. And and for a center, you get old rapidly, especially at that size, especially at that weight. They're making the most of this opportunity right now. You give up the picks. In my opinion, Philly hasn't has been very smart with their picks. They've been very cautious. You That'd give me a late pick. A hundred percent at the at the worst. For for Philly, you're looking at it where we could we could potentially make it out the East. Yep. But at the worst for them, I see them being a second round exit. At the worst. Maxie's been playing great basketball. I believe he'll start personally. You have to start Harden. I think th- they'll probably Green or Price start. Because he could shoot. I think I would so. I'd start Thibault. Oh, I would start. Me too. He's Green, way better. I feel you cannot, you cannot sit Thibault with the way that he has stepped up the way that he has. That's that's what I believe personally. He has stepped up more so than anyone else on the team for what they were asked, I guess, outside of Joel Embiid because he's tasked to be the guy. But that's nothing new than what he's been equating to. He's just been told to, to, to possess the ball a little bit more. Maxi, in terms of... These other role players, he's been asked to do the absolute most out of all of them. So to to discredit, not I don't want to say discredit, the opposite of reward, to basically slap him in the face and send them back to the bench unit just because you brought in Harden, I feel like that would be a little bit disrespectful. He's been playing great basketball for them. One of the main reasons why, outside of Joel Embiid, that they've had the success that they've had. I personally would start Maxi, start Harden. I would also I'd probably start Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. Have Thibel come off the bench. I keep forgetting they have Tobias Harris. And, and yeah, he's it, so mean. Because let's be honest, Tobias is forgettable, but he is still an All Star caliber player. No doubt, yeah, like, he, so, he hasn't made the All Star game, but he's an All Star caliber player. This is Harden and B, two superstars with an All Star and Tobias and Maxi, who's Merging. very close to an All Star level, I, and he'll probably reach it. In a year or two. Definitely emerging. I think Daryl Moore deserves a lot of credit for not making a panic move. He could have made a panic move and got Tyree Halliburton or Darren Fox, Fox or, or Harrison Barnes. He could have and, made a panic move and literally folded on the fact that it lose Thibault in the deal or Tyrese Maxey. But he's, the fact that he stood his ground and was like, I'm not giving you none of them. It really it, showed like how much power he has. You bro. have to think of it like this. Do we want to give up our defense in Ben Simmons, Thibault? Or do we want to give up a Seth Curry who will be made up by James Harden when he comes in? It's a perfect plug and play with that. So mad. Although I don't agree with what Harden did, I understand it. Um, Kyrie and Kevin Durant are under no pressure to win the championship. Kevin Durant seems perfectly content where he is now. He doesn't care that he left Golden State, which could have been a potential dynasty for three plus years or even more to come. He didn't care about any of that. Kevin Durant is fine with how his career is going to end up. Whether he wins anything else again, he's fine with it. Good for him. Kyrie Irving, he the way he speaks, it might it sounds like he might retire in two, three years. He's fine with his career. He doesn't really care much about it, about it more accolades on top of his career. Harden is the only one that is really pressing for a chance to win a championship. And in Brooklyn, he you made an excellent point. 
Kevin Durant's injury might be worse than expected. He feels like everyone's not as bought in. Steve Nash is clearly a worse coach than Doc Rivers, despite Doc Rivers' inept coaching at times. He's still one of the best coaches in the NBA, I believe. So I, I understand why Harden did it. Do I wish he would have gone about it a little bit differently? Yes. But we know in the NBA, this this is what stars do to get their way. They they play grimy. But what's different from this situation as opposed to when he wanted to leave the Rockets? What's different is that in Houston, he, he knew he had... Legacy. No, no, no. In Houston, he knew he had absolutely no chance to win. That season, they had absolutely no chance to win anything that year. I agree with what you're going to say. And Harden knew that the entire year was basically him having to carry for them to be a first-round exit in the playoffs. In Brooklyn, it's different. You have Kyrie and KD. Yeah. Like, when you guys are all three on the floor together, the most unstoppable force Mm -hmm. offensively in basketball, the most talented trio we've ever seen, all of this other hoopla stuff. No doubt. But I feel like Kyrie, like... Kyrie deserves some portion of this blame Absolutely though, him not does. being vax. I feel like that kind of messed up hard in the situation. It's like I didn't sign up for this. Like I thought yeah. we would be together. Did you see at least two of us would be Kyrie together? Kyrie was saying that he was well, there was a report. Not Kyrie was saying, I don't want to do that to There's him. There was a report saying that Kyrie Irving was eager. He answered and put the puppets. He yeah. responded to it and said, Don't use my name. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. It was mad for I really me. don't think there was any beef there. Um, but then again, I don't I don't think Harden is the most friendly with his teammates. Uh-huh. And I think Chris Paul say is... Him, they, they had beef, Chris Paul and him. Yeah, they did. And I think Chris Paul is one of the best leaders the NBA has ever seen. Him and Chris Paul, like Chris Paul went on JJ's podcast and was like, my son's birthday was this past year. Harden didn't even say happy birthday to my son. Like, he didn't even call me, nothing like that. Like So they don't have any type of relationship at all. They don't talk whatsoever. I, I just think that Harden, he's kind of in his own world sometimes. I don't think he has the best relationship with his teammates. Then again... It is their job, and their job is just to play basketball, so they don't have to be the best of friends. But I think if you do have that camaraderie on a team, it definitely helps you in making a playoff run. Oh, for sure. Like, you look at Milwaukee last year. I mean, I felt like everybody on that team, they're best friends. For sure. Like they they really love playing with Same each other. With they Phoenix. love being around each other. It's because their leader is a personable individual. KD Weirdo. is not, not personable, the best leader, in my bro. opinion. He's been showing great strides of being a leader while he's been on the court, no doubt. In my opinion, this has been the most I've seen KD be a leader in his career. But now he's not on the floor, and it's harder. It's hard to be a leader when you're not playing basketball night in, night out. Uh, I disagree. In what sense? Chris Paul is still a leader when he doesn't play basketball. But how, but how so? Because he, I agree with that. But it's a he's a point guard. Oh, okay, okay. Well, LeBron. Point guard mentality. Uh, so you're saying somebody with a point guard mentality. Like a Rajon Rondo. I think it's more about personality. Correct. I just, I, that's ultimately what I agree I, I don't with think also. Kevin Durant, his personality is not leader-esque. I mean, and I think it showed when he went to go to state. Like, a leader doesn't do that. But well, that's because he had Steph Curry to to take that role. No, I'm saying, but like, a, a leader doesn't make that move oh, no to doubt. go. No doubt. Once you got beat by your team, like, no, no. Definitely. No, like, yeah, that right. is still one of the more BS moves we've ever seen yeah, in one of? history. That is the no, that is the. the that is well, the. in my lifetime, it is the the. It is the life. That is the life. And you mentioned Steph. Steph's not the lead on going to state. It's Draymond Green. Not Draymond. Definitely Draymond. You think I'm wrong in that? It's definitely Draymond, bro. I hundred percent. I think defensively, you can't look no, at no, it like personality. Draymond, uh, Draymond's the heartbeat. Think, that he makes that no, team no, go, I bro. Think, I disagree. No, no, listen, I think Draymond is is it's like a 
a two man thing. I think Draymond's more open about it. More vocal. But behind closed doors, I think Steph is the leader of the team. Like I think even Draymond, if you watch the podcast, you know Draymond said it. Steph is kind of like the guy around there. Like he's the leader. But I think it's like a it's no like a, he, a, a is, du- he is the duo. This, thing. I think this is what it is. Obviously, we're not in the locker room, so we don't really know too much. I just think that Steph Curry is the one. He leads by example in the fact that he doesn't have an ego. He let KD come in and you know yeah do Take your thing. Shine. It doesn't matter. He has no ego, but Draymond is the one that's going to hold you accountable. Like, yo, why? Well, you have to be. Like you, he did you to have KD. To I think it's like if we had a team, right? And me and like I'm the, I'm the leader. I'd be like, like Steph is like the one, like, yo, Drew, you got to do this, this, that, that, that. And then Drew's like, all right, I'm gonna go tell the team, like that type of thing. I think that's how they really maneuver. Like Steph and Dre talking private, and then Dre's like, all right, well, I know you're not gonna go tell him, so I'm gonna go tell him. Uh-huh. It's kind of something like that. But I think they're both in its in itself. I think Dre's more vocal about it, but they're both a leader in their own right. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean your boy it's is. Stop trying to discredit Draymond. What? Yo, 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 yo we, we always do this. Stop on pushing pod. this narrative that we're trying to discredit. Uh, Draymond's just a guy. He, he is. He's he no, is. Draymond's a guy. It's oh. funny how I defend him the most on this podcast, and he's he's the one who called Clown me. me. Yeah, facts. He's the one who called me out. You so used to hate him back in the day. <laughs> Nah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's I didn't why, use like anyone on Golden State. Yeah, because that's that was when Draymond was bugging, like kicking people in the balls and stuff. He was walling for that. Yeah, he, he was, was getting those texts. And because I was a Houston fan, like, come on, bro, like my rivalry is with Golden State. He was like PJ better than. <laughs> he was a Harden fan, and your rivalry. I am was still Steph a Houston Curry. fan, bro. No, so you're not. Yes, I am. Aren't you a Knicks fan? I am a Knicks fan. And you're confused. a Houston fan now, so now you're back. Nah, bro, I've always liked the Rockets. Fan. Nah, I'm not really fan. You could like the Rockets, but you're not a Houston fan. It's all right. This is what's going to happen. They're going to start to win some games. <laughs> Let's go, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to Real, real. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy Harden jersey. I'm definitely going to go to a Philly game. Uh, we live close by Philadelphia in the arena. It's Wells like Fargo hours, is two, fire. Two away. Yeah. I went to see Damn. LeBron pass Kobe the, the day before Kobe Bryant oh, passed So away. you saw Kobe in the arena, too? He was not there. Thought they dapped. Um, no, I think that was in LA. He that went in Philly. Uh, damn, I kind of want to go to a Philly game. I'm a rock a Ben Simmons jersey though. I'll be 100 by one. Simo, I hope fact. Harden plays the day I see him. I'll see him uh, at the beginning of March. You going to Chicago? No, I'm going to Philly because we go play in. Ah, uh, very lit, very lit. From my school, I'm actually going to a Nets game. It's uh the Nets versus Heat, and. Two hours before the game starts, we're gonna have we're gonna get the chance to play on the court and shoot around uh, and stuff. Harden play. You're gonna airball you. like the first three times, bro. I swear to God, the hoop is like you're gonna realize you're gonna be like, damn. This if my arms are as sore as they yeah. are now. I probably it's will. Mad Harden far. played you. I I, I actually I, I was talking to Jack because we're going together, and I was like, bro, I w- I hope Harden doesn't get traded because I want to see him. Like because they they said on the trip that we might be able to get some, we might be able to see some players. And I was like, man. Bro, we're going to see the Bruce Brown. I'm going to see. <laughs> like, for real. I'm going to see Patty Mills yeah, and Bruce Brown. Like, I wouldn't mind Patty Mills. I'm going to be honest. I no, mind. you're going to see Bruce Brown, bro, out there early. Honestly, I wouldn't mind Blake. I think Blake is a fun dude. You'll probably see Blake. Yeah. You see the you see the, the whack guys out He's there. He's a better early. comedian nowadays than <laughs> basketball player. Shooting his shots. Yeah. If Have Brem- Blake come on a If Bremby was still in the team, you see Bremby out there. Him. It's a shame. That's crazy. That's tough, though. I might, I might go. I might take a, a flight to Chicago probably next week. And if I do, I'm going to the Kings and Bulls games for sure. We're gonna smoke them out. I'm definitely going to that game. Kings are new, bro. Watch the bonus. Kings huh? are new. I'm gonna watch the bonus. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> We're gonna smoke them out. Trash bags. Kings. One of the bigger moves that happened, uh, not the Kings, but it's actually the Pelicans. They traded for CJ McCollum. The Trash, Pelicans. Bro. 
got <laughs> CJ McCollum, Larry Nance, Tony Snell, and the Blazers got Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and which they traded to Utah for Joe Ingles and Elijah Hughes. And they also got a first round pick, which is protected from picks five to 14. But given the Cavs probably won't be in the lottery, this is going to be the Blazers pick and two second rounders. I love this move. I, I really do. I like that the Pelicans are not trying to go into full rebuild, young mode, acquiring assets. No, get yourself an established veteran player. CJ McCollum, when this team is fully healthy, is the third best player on this team. CJ, as your third best player, that team's pretty damn good. Zion, Brandon Ingram. Ingram has really improved as a passer this year, averaging five assists. Valanciunas is amazing. I disrespected Ingram. When we talked last week about our all-star snubs and who should be in the game, Brandon Ingram should be in the all-star game. I, th- I think he should have taken DeJounte Murray's place. The fact that DeJounte Murray got in, despite the Spurs being one of the worst teams in the NBA, I think was ridiculous. B.I. should have got in over him. And this team is, I like it. You know, with Zion not here... <laughs> Devontae Graham, C.J. Ingram, Herb Jones, who I'm a huge fan of, and Jonas Valanciunas. Jose Alvarado's been playing better. I know that I told Riv all about him out of college. He wasn't too sure. Yo, but he went to Virginia Tech. <laughs> he went to Georgia Tech. Go, oh, yeah. That's what I, I meant to say Georgia Tech. <laughs> I love Joel's confidence. I love it. It was something about, it was something Tech. I knew it was that. It was Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech. Jose Alvarado and Jackson Hayes over his last four games has been averaging 16 points and eight rebounds. He's been coming into his own. I told you guys before the season, Pelicans were my surprise team. But because Zion got hurt, obviously that all went down the drain. But I think Willie Green is a damn good coach. And I think the slow start to the season to then coming back all the way to be in the playing spot, they're in the 10th seed right now, is flat out an amazing job. And I didn't even mention Larry Nance Jr., who now, when healthy, you're looking at a roster with C.J., with Zion, Ingram, Herb Jones, Jonas off the bench, you have you have um I'm blanking on the name right now. You have Jackson Hayes with Jose Alvarado Devontae and Devonte Graham and Larry Nance Jr. I mean, this isn't a bad team. It's a good team. I think Larry Nance Jr. actually just had surgery though. He did, but he's yeah. gonna return the season. All right, solid. Yeah, solid. Uh, I'll go, no doubt. Uh, I do like this move. I love this move. Especially if Zion comes back, because then we really could talk about them making this play and push. I would love to see a lineup of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Valanciunas. <sighs> Who's that? Who would be that's five for me? Valanciunas is the five. No, no, no. I'm saying the 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 three for me because that's four guys. Herb Jones. I guess Herb Jones could be that. He started that's Bi. Okay, that's very. Fun. He mentioned Brandon Ingram. I said Bi already. So C- CJ, B.I., Herb, CJ, B. Zion, Zion, and Zion. Herb Jones. That's oh, you said if healthy? That's, no, that's what I'm saying. If Devontae fi- Graham's coming off the bench. For oh, sure. So CJ's playing the one. Yeah. I yeah. See no, I think the issue with the Trailblazers was that Dame and CJ's game were very similar. And where both were very good offensively, defensively didn't have it. That is a fear of mine with the Pelicans also, that their defense is still not the best. However... This offense is legit. And if you're going to lack at one, you need to be stellar in the other end. When Zion comes back, that's 27 points per game. You have Brandon Ingram averaging around 20, 23 points per game. CJ McCollum is more than capable of averaging 20 plus a game. 
Who Jose Alvarado at? has 17 points right now in 17 minutes. Really? Yes, yeah. I agree. Okay, you. he's eating. Facts. <laughs> that video, yeah, that, that video was lit. I do, I do like the, <laughs> I do like the move. However, it is indicative of Zion coming back. I want to see Zion come back before I really start to believe that the Pelicans could be a lock for this play and push. Right now, I still see them as a, a, a team back of the West. I don't expect anything of them come come play in time. However, Zion comes back. And things start rolling, I'll be interested. First of all, you threw jabs at my boy DeJounte Murray. I had to look up. But I say, no, no, no. I had to look up a few things. You said the Spurs are one of the worst teams in the league. You said that. They have two less wins than the Pelicans. It's not a far off thing. The Pelicans have 22 wins. The the Pelicans have 22 wins. The Spurs have 20. They have a bottom six record in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Then you said, then you tried to say B.I. deserved the spot over him. I I looked up the numbers real quick. B.I. averages 23 points. DeJounte averages 20. Right, right, right. Right, DeJounte averages nine assists. Bi averages five. DeJounte averages eight rebounds. Bi averages five. Mm-hmm. DeJounte averages two steals. Bi doesn't average one. They both average zero point five blocks. So where on earth do you think Bi deserve? And we can go to offensive rating when he's on the court. DeJounte Murray has an offensive rating of one eleven, a defensive rating of one oh seven. When Bi is on the court, he has an offensive rating of one oh nine, Mister Offense, and a defensive rating of one fourteen, which isn't good. So let me ask you, why did you think Bi? Deserved an All Star nod over Dejounte Murray. It's preference. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's you see. That's what, that's how you get somebody. You just get, that was ridiculous. Well, did, no, you, no, no, you no, prepare no, no. for that. No, I, I didn't. It was a quick, two seconds. Quick, like I quick. Like how you just you didn't even mention the efficiency though. Oh, you wanted me to do that. Dejounte's efficiency has not been the both best. From the, both of them from the field goal percentage forty five. Yep. Three point percentage, BI's at 34, DeJounte's at 31. It's oh, nothing. He's better than. Oh, yeah, yeah. Free throw percentage, BI's at 82, DeJounte's at 74. I can't, can't really say too much. Come on, he's going to be in the Austin game? Give me a break. Word. <sighs> Come on, Joel. No, he is on, bro, he is on one of the worst teams <laughs> in the NBA, though. It's two, they have two less wins hey, in the That's because the Pelicans started off horrible. But they've been way they better. Five, they were five they're and ten four in January. They're on a four-game win streak right now. Pelicans. They were five and ten in they're January. They're going to they, they lose they're right on. now. They're playing Miami. On to the trade. Because I had to do that real quick. Because I didn't like the disrespect. To he he made me speed up my analysis Edwards should have so. been over him at least, though. At least he's winning. So, you know, it's respectable. This was a good trade, though. I ain't going to lie. This was, this was something, like, for Zion, this, this team has a limit because of Zion's health. Like, everything is really predicated on if Zion's going to be healthy, but all this looking like if Zion is healthy, this looks like a team that can definitely make some noise in the playing or in the, in the playoffs at the you know seven or eighth seed. Right now, this team is battling. You know, they're in the tenth seed right now. I don't think they'll make like I don't think they'll beat any of the teams up in front of them. Can but they I beat think, the Lakers? No, in the playing, I don't think so. If they get Zion. That's, see, that's that's why it's such a limit on this team, but still no. But that's why there's such a limit on this team. Like, is Zion going to play? When is Zion going to play? Is he healthy? He might How long is he going to be healthy? Really that bad. So it's like, it's it's really this team. You know, CJ was a, a good move because you get somebody who can help Brandon Ingram on the offensive end. He can score. CJ can put up buckets. He can shoot the ball. He wasn't looking too right because he was injured. But now in a new environment, he can definitely create. You still got Devontae Graham. You still got Herb Jones, who's an elite defender as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? So you, you still got these pieces, Jonas Valanciunas, who can give you that inside presence. 
it's just Zion, man. Like, can he stay healthy for this team to fully put it together and make a run? You know what I'm saying? So it's really this team, like this move is a good move, but everything really just predicates on Zion's health. Can he stay healthy? No, they cannot beat the Lakers. That's like mad disrespect for the LeBron. Like, no, they cannot beat the Lakers. No, I'm serious, though, about I that. I know you are, but, like, come on, bro. Like, they can, <laughs> bro, Zion, B.I. LeBron, A.D. Zion, B.I., C.J., A.D., LeBron, Westbrook. Valanchunas. Valanchunas, come on, bro. Why didn't you mention Malik Monk? Oh, Malik Monk. <laughs> are you serious? Uh, Wait, that's your man. Malik Monk? <laughs> yeah, that's your man. He was Why big on him. He was big on him. No, you, Off, out of the draft Cap, we're talking Cap, about something like that. I was going to say, before the Stop season it, bro, started, he was big on him. Y'all were slandering Malik Monk. No, we weren't. We just like, that's your main guy you got in free agency. God bless him. No, he, we just was like, amazing. that's your third guy. It's not. It's one of like the two positives of the Lakers right now. Bro, the Lakers just lost to the Blazers with AD healthy. Westbrook with can't AD be skateboarded that game. You know what? He's not lying. Why can't, why can't the Pelicans beat them in the play-in? Because playoff times is Zion bro. cancels out LeBron. What? What? <laughs> Yo, he was about to have a heart attack, yo. He was about to have a heart attack. No, but he was serious for like a split like, second. Like, oh, nah. I'm, that was funny. How's it going? I don't know. Like, this is like, like, because if they don't make the playoffs, right, what's the next move for them? Got to get Zion healthy for next year and give it a run. Man, they had two well, holiday Lonzo Ball. A plane is a, a step, is a step in the right direction for them. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, not necessarily though. Is yeah, it really without Zion? Because if you don't win the playing, no, you but are I'm, not a playoff. But I'm team. saying if if they no, make the they, playing without Zion, that's weren't they good. close to the playing last year? Yeah. yeah, they didn't make it though. I mean, I guess all right. So yeah, that's so, a step yeah. in the right direction. You're right. You're right. It's a step in the right direction. I mean, I think I think the trade I think the trade is pretty solid. I mean, as far as them getting into the playing this year, I'm kind of skeptical on that. I mean, I looked them up. Their team rankings up because I don't watch Pelicans games. I'm gonna keep uh, it a thou with you. Twenty. Man, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> what happened? The first round pick that the Blazers got. It's protected from four, right? picks five to fourteen. Oh. I I don't know why, but I had the Cavaliers in my head. That pick is staying with the Pelicans virtually. If it's not a top four pick, it doesn't transfer over. Yeah. So basically, the Pelicans still have the first round pick. So as long as they play good basketball, you sure it's basketball. not one to four? No, it's protected five to fourteen. It's a little weird in that way. So if the Pelicans make the play in and they are a lottery team, they still keep their pick. I understand what you mean. And so. you're adding that to CJ Ingram, Valanciunas, Zion. Probably, well, they'll probably pick a point guard. They need one. I mean, he brought him McCollum. Let him. Let's he's see what he can one. do. Let's see what he can do. He's a one. solid playmaker, but he's not really a like you know a floor. Well, we general. haven't been able to see that because of Dame. Let's see what no, he no, can no, do. No, 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 bro. He's thirty. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, he's not, not, he's a solid is, playmaker. Dame he's nothing crazy. No, but he's not a point guard. It's not like it's not like Dame and CJ didn't take turns. CJ the score first guy. CJ, CJ is point guard. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what he's, happens. Yeah, he's, come on. I mean, I mean, my only question. We saw Demar De Ro- DeRozan's game evolve late into his career. Don't compare them. Again, I two different. No, like you literally can't compare them. And Demar's actually a, a better playmaker. Because CJ has Demar's never made the All Star team. Though. CJ, you're saying like CJ is like trash though. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But like I understand Demar DeRozan's them, a go right now. No, like, you couldn't even before this year. You couldn't nah, really compare them. Really always been better. Yeah, like he's always been. He has been. I'm. That you're just completely overlooking my Look, point. I just think CJ has a play style that has already been incorporated in the game for so long that I don't, I don't think... And DeMar DeRozan was similar. That's exactly no, it, my he point. wasn't similar, bro. DeMar had, his a, offense was very DeMar had a season similar to this in Toronto where he averaged 28. Same. No, I'm not saying the points. I'm saying facilitating. Oh, and in San Antonio, oh, no, facilitating so went up. Oh, definitely. Yes, he is. 
My point being, it took him a little while into his career to do that. Okay. Damn. He's 30. <laughs> oh, my right, God. I'm sorry. You know what? You're right. I'll just give you the... Okay, I got you. My fault. My fault. We just happen. don't think she's just going to be yeah, And I get it. Yeah. I understand. So you think that's my you point. You think they'll make the play? Like a 10. I mean, playoffs. No, no. I think playoffs. playoffs? No. So they I have said no. no. We, they have no I chance. mean, I'm out on them making the playoffs. Who, who is in there right now? Obviously, the Clippers, Lakers, Minnesota. Can they beat the Clippers with nobody right now? Mm. I still think that game is a kind of a toss up. That's a but good game. They can beat the They can beat them. They can beat them. They can beat them. You thought I was saying no. No, no, I had to think about it. I mean, yeah, just because they're so top heavy compared to the Clippers right now without their players. I'm taking the Timberwolves and the Lakers to make it out of the play on as it stands right now. I'm taking them over the Lakers. That's just what I'm going to say. Yo. They will beat them in the play. I really think there's a chance the Lakers don't make the playoffs, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I had one of the worst days in my, oh my sports God. life. You're gonna go and say this. There's still the buyout market. You know, no. I know. I hope we get Goran Dragic. Bro, stop. He's going to Dallas. No, stop. but I saw that. But the, they're he might not cook now, though. That's what I'm saying. They're cooked. talking about uh, buying him out already. No, he's gonna. He, no, he's gonna get bought out. But he's not going. Yo, Westbrook's a free agent next year. No, no. He's a player option. He's accepted. They have that. two. Yeah, guys have two first round picks, though, right? In 2027. 2027. No, but they have two picks, though, right? Because I'm here. I was reading a, an article for the Lakers that they could yeah, put those two picks and a Westbrook no, no, trade them next year, 2027, 2029. You got to get them off your team, bro. I'm the sorry. Lakers really traded that number four. The Lakers pick, just which have was to Garland. trade LeBron and send him somewhere he can win. We should have sent him to don't send to him Philly. I'm sick. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you guys. I mean. Defensively, this team sucks. I mean, they're the 26 ranked defense yeah, in the defense NBA. I mean, yeah, CJ's they, not help but they that. exactly they acquired CJ McCollum. This defense is going to be horrible. Even when Zion Williamson comes back, he's been a really bad defender too. Exactly. Obviously, Zion is so talented on the offensive side of the ball that he's going to put them over the top. And I would think I would lock them in in the playoffs if they could get Zion Williamson, CJ, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas. If they could all have that continuity at the start of the season, I don't know if Zion's going to come back. But I pretty much agree with all of you. I just out of respect for LeBron, you're crazy. I'm gonna always pick LeBron to win the series. Thank that, you. and I'm gonna Thank pick Minnesota. You. One game. It's just not. It's just one game, not a series. Uh, then I won't. Yeah, LeBron. we saw what happened last year against Golden State, right? Almost lost. You made a damn stupid shot. I'm I, I ain't gonna lie. You can't even hate, bro. It's a clutch like shot, though. You're yeah, mad. It's, it's clutch, though. It's clutch. Like you brought us up mad. for no reason. What do you mean? Literally, because you one game. Zion's gonna be the point guard when he comes back. Point Zion. Nah, Zion's a good good passer, bro. I like that. I like that a lot. Bro, you're actually. out on Zion as a playmaker. Zion is different. Zion's a good playmaker, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he going when he gonna play defense. His defense is horrible. You know, like you got figure it out. You guys love offense. I'm trying to figure out when they gonna dig in on that defensive end. That's what I'm trying to figure. So out. you don't think Zion he pick, makes him a lock? Exactly makes what a lock? You don't think them getting Zion they can at lose the start to, of the they season? Can lose to every no, no, team no. We're talking about. I mean, obviously this season I'm out on them because I'm talking about next season. You lock for the playoffs. I think uh, so. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. With CJ, Brandon wait, 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 Jonas wait, 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 Valanciunas, and Zion? Talk, talk, wait, for a minute. You're disrespectful, I, Wait, wait, for bro. a minute. I, can, you, can you just let me talk? Go ahead, bro. For a minute. Okay. There's, Hurry up. There's, there's 10 teams. They're, they're, ten, <laughs> they're, the, 10 seed, look, they're the 10 seed, right? Minnesota's better than them, right? With Zion. Yes. Denver gets their guys back. Clippers get their Dude, guys back. on Zion, no, 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 bro. Listen, Yo, that's two more teams. Clippers are already ahead of them, though. That's what I'm saying. Clippers are a playing team right now. They get their guys back. They go into a lock. That's already seven teams already. I don't know. I really don't. Well, know. Who's I can't. in the playoffs right now? Like right now at this very moment, right, you have the Warriors, Suns, Suns the... Memphis, Utah, Dallas, Denver. Damn, I did that good. Yeah, you're right. Cl- that, that Clippers, was literally in the row. Clippers, Minnesota. Ah, other way around. No, uh, those are the teams. Those, those are eight teams. Yeah, those are the eight teams. Respect on Minnesota, right. bro. That's, that's eight. That's eight teams right there, bro. 
think they could battle with Minnesota, bro. They get Zion. Oh, okay. All right. And there you I go. Do. That's, you got to I mean, talk I think Zion, No, but I, I think Zion is that good, bro. Oh, he is that good. I do bro, think Zion. Bro, he's good. averaged 27, he's talking about, 8, and 6. He's defense. He will still give DeMar DeRozan 50. Okay. He'll violate. How many would DeMar give him? Not more than 50. He DeMar been tweaking. Twos. He has been tweaking. I mean, like... The team on paper offensively, we know that you know we know this. I I think this has potential to be a top ten offense in the NBA with Zion back. Like I think they're going to be that good on offense. And last year when he was running the point, they were they were one of the best already. Like they were top five. This in I mean, look, it, it the, the, the trade it all it all depends on CJ. I feel McCullough. like they get a point guard, we could really have a discussion. No funny, they get like a legit playmaker, we could really have a discussion. Scoot Anderson. <laughs> it's, wait, when's Rubio going to be a free agent? This, this offseason, I would give him. A, I would, if I was the Pelicans, I'd probably that's give him a, good, a contract. That's a good one, right there. So what? A Ruby, Rubio, CJ Ingram, Zion, Valanciunas. That's a good ass. They'll team. be fighting right there with Minnesota for that eight spot. Devontae Graham and Herb Jones. But I don't know. Bench. I don't know. You never know. I mean, I'm not saying it's possible, but there could be another Brandon Ingram getting better, Zion Williamson coming and getting better, and th- those guys taking that leap. Me personally, I don't really see. I mean, how. you think Z- you think Brandon Ingram is, honestly, is what he is? Devontae Graham could start at the point. CJ at the two. Yuck. I don't like that. Devon, I don't like Devontae at a one. Devontae Graham just takes one, threes. Though. Yeah, Devontae no, Graham. No, but he facilitates also. Size, because of size. No, but he's a one. decent passer. Uh, he he's a he likes to take shots. He's he's a shooter. But what's guard. wrong? But it's an offense. Why I like not? him off the, it's off the bench. You want to know why? It's because offensive team. Excuse me. It's because they have four offensive players better than him offensively. For sure. So a Ricky Rubio, you know, he can put everybody in their sets, and he's not going to take away shots from these guys. Going to make stuff easier. Devontae's like more like a bench score to me, you know? As like a like, he's a, like six a Jordan man. Clarkson. You come him in, spark plug. Yeah, he's a good score. Very Kobe good White, yeah. Very good score. I'll tell you. Try to violate. He said Kobe White. <laughs> and you Kobe just White's let that nice, go. Because he's nice. I uh, acknowledge But it. you weren't big on him. As a starter. No, you were never big on him. As a starter. You were dumb tight when you drafted him. You were dumb tight when y'all drafted him. Yeah, because I didn't want him to be our starting point guard. What's wrong with y'all? Like, y'all be trying to get me. It don't work. Damn, y'all. Imagine if they would have kept Lonzo with this team. Yeah. Would have been sick. I don't think they would even get CJ then. Yeah, like they had Drew on, too. When he was on the Hornets, he averaged seven point five assists. Like he's more than capable of. of yeah, can you name four offense. offensive players on that team from that team? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm blanking right now too on that team. Well, exactly. Rozier. That speaks volumes. No, he wasn't. Not yet. That speaks volumes. It does. He was that guy that season. Exactly. Also. <laughs> but what though? <laughs> exactly. Like, he was good. He fell off. It's unfortunate. A, no, no, he didn't fall off. He fall off. His exactly. role just got it's diminished. Just he went from being the primary ball handler to having a reduced role. Again, yeah. but if you're just asking him to facilitate, like that's, he has the capability. Would he be comfortable with that? I mean, he's seen over these last couple of seasons where his offensive role has diminished. Well, he's reverted to the bench. I just really don't think he's a point guard, bro. Like, I think I just think Terry Rozier was on that team, bro. What are you talking about? I didn't say you were wrong. Was you try to look it was at me. Rozier, Bridges, Washington, Zeller, Monk, Bismack, oh Biombo, Marvin Williams. Twenty nineteen stinks. He led their team no, that was, with yeah, eighteen 19, a game. 20. They won twenty three games. <laughs> That's point Devontae Grant. <laughs> twenty three games. I mean, the Hornets were trash. Yo, you know what's crazy, Drew? Yo, he really doesn't take any shot other than a three point shot. Like that's literally all he takes. His three point shot and his field goal percentage are always hand in hand. They are pretty similar. <laughs> yes. like, yo, it's crazy. <laughs> thirty eight from the field, thirty seven from three, thirty seven from the field, thirty seven from Thorin. three, thirty six from the field, thirty thirty five. He's Marcus Thorin, bro. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, when is coming back? All jokes hot. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's coming None back of this us season. Know. We got to manifest April. Why do we have to manifest? Because we want him back. Come on, bro. I like watching him play. We need to. I'm manifesting my own team problems. I ain't. I'm not. All right. Next topic. This guy sucks. On the other side of this deal were the Blazers. (laughs) 
Now, the Blazers, at first, it felt like they were going into full rebuild mode, just gathering assets. Oh God, they traded Norman Powell, Covington to the Clippers, CJ and Nance to the Pelicans. And now the starting lineup, as recently, has been Anthony Simons, Ben McLemore, Josh Hart when he gets in there, Justice Winslow, Nurkic. Justice Winslow had a good game the other day. I told you there's still something Roko there. Roko had a good game. You didn't say a word. Roko or Norman not, Powell? Not no, Roko. Norman Powell had 28. Roku had 12, 3 for 6 from the 3 point line. Norman Powell had 28, bro. But I'm saying his, his performance good. out, like, but nobody cares about Roku. No, chill, chill. But, wait, but the whole point was yeah, that Roku, y'all were down on him. We knew Powell would be nice. Wait, wait. I was down on him defensively. I mean, he could hit a couple threes. I'm not out on him as a 3 No, he remember he said no. Remember he tried to say, he, I, I don't think Roku's that good. He's not going to do anything anymore. I mean, bro, that's, yeah. a, that's 12 points. Like, we, we really had over 12 player, points, bro. As a role player, come on. Come on, bro. JC, he's a role player. Bro, Norman, I don't care. Norman Powell had 28, bro. Okay, he's a big part of the deal. That's what I'm saying. We, know what we care Powell about is. Norman Powell. Okay, Just let's recently, talk about we're the talking Blazers. about getting rid of Roko. CJ Ellaby started too, and it looks like the Blazers were going into full rebuild, but they're actually making these moves to build a contender around Dame. They freed up 60 plus million in cap space. They also have a $21 million trade exception. So they have cap for a star player. They have a trade exception to get another really good player. Riv, what do you think about them trying to run it back with Dame? Well, I commend them, I guess. I like that. I don't know. Like, it's weird. They failed Dame the first time. You know, Dame stayed. Dame said, you know, we're not ready yet. Portland made it clear they want to build the championship around Dame. Then they went out and got a bunch of bums. Cody Zeller, Tony Snell. You know, no offense to these guys. You know, you made it to the NBA, but you're not good anymore. And then on top of that, you make these trades. You Now you're going into a rebuild. You, you build up all this cap. Now you have all this cap. But realistically, who are you going to lure? Lure. Lure. Lord, thank you. Who are you going to lure to Portland? Who no wants one. to go to Portland? No you know one. what I'm saying? Like, I understand Dame. You know, Dame is an attractive player to play with, but Portland has never been that type of destination. Like, from my understanding, when they got Norman Powell was in the trade, Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batum, like, when they got those guys, was either in the draft or in the trade. CJ McCullum was drafted. Aldridge. Aldridge was drafted. Dame was drafted. Like, this was all in the draft. So, like, my thing is Portland has steadily built – a contender in the West through the draft or trades. They've never really been a big-time free agent destination. So what makes you think this is going to be any different? Are you going to play Dame and Anthony Simmons in the backcourt together? Simons. Thank you. Simons. Is this going to be another Dame and CJ type of thing? Like, what's what's going to happen with that? What are you going to do with Nurkic? Like, are you going to keep him or are you going to pay him? You have to pay him too. Now, I see your little. What's going on with him? What are you going to do? Like, it's so much. Still, There's still a lot of youth on the team. Yet you're still trying to maintain that maintain that hold that Dame you can build this team around Dame and it's just like Portland isn't the spot for that. I think Dame has become bigger than Portland at this point. I think the the time to move from is probably gonna be in the offseason and hopefully he realizes it that they, they, they just can't build the championship around him. Because I don't think anybody's going to want to go to Portland, even if they do. Who's going to go there? Bradley Bill? Like, I don't think that's somebody that's going to really put them in championship. CJ 2.0. Like, yeah, I don't think that's somebody that's going to make them a championship team. You still have other holes to fill. So I think at this point, like, I, I like the idea at first, but I think you should just kind of build cap space for your young team and try to build around them instead of trying to build around Dame. I think it's a little bit too late for that. Commendable, commendable, excuse me, was an excellent word because Dame has been extremely loyal to the Blazers and he has been more than vocal of saying that he wants to keep running it back with the Blazers. He wants to get it done with Portland and I respect him for that. But this lineup is not looking good, not by any means. 
if they're going to try and make work to try and bring in a star player, I don't mind Simons being that sixth man off the bench. His offense is legit. He he is he is a he is a damn good scorer. We've seen over these last stretch of games since he's taken over for Dame. He is like that. He has the ratchet on him. He really can facilitate the ball very well. His defense is is not there. He is an offensive type player. That's more Jordan Clarkson, in my opinion. Like, he really has those type of capabilities. I really think he's that type of ball player. Bringing in a guy to play with Dame, especially in Portland, is going to be tough. I agree. Bradley Beal, I don't think, is the answer for, for, for Portland specifically. They need more defensive-minded individuals. Bringing in Josh Hart, I don't mind. He's more of he's a, a type of all-around type of individual. But there's nothing he truly excels at. You want him to just be that that Swiss Army knife for you at this point. Uh, plug him in at the two or the three. Even I, the four. Some, something along those lines. And Nurkic is a pretty good ball player. He's been pretty consistent for, for when he's actually on the court. It's just an issue of whether he can actually stay healthy. I don't love where Portland's headed. I'm going to be very consistent. I want them to move Dame, whether it be now it has to be the offseason, given the fact that trade deadline was today. What what can you really do with this roster? You have all this free money. Who really is going to come and, and play for Portland? If you're going to throw them the egregious bag, maybe they'll come and run it with Dame. But <laughs> at this point, I don't see it happening. I think Dame and the Blazers need to come to an agreement to say, listen, I want you, the Blazers organization, to at least benefit from me a little bit. Trade me, get me, get get some picks for my value, get some youth for my value. Don't let it get to the point where I'm a free agent and I'm walking for nothing. You have to capitalize. All right. <clears throat> well, <laughs> it's like that weird song. It's like we look at each other and it's like, you know, sometimes you go. So we're, uh, I better say that. So, um, uh, I'm going to take a different approach to this. I, look, we all know I'm not the biggest supporter of Dame. We know really? Yeah, you're a Dame hater. Yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to get into that, but I'm going to take a little high route. I kind of feel bad for Damian Lillard. And obviously he's given his all to the city. He was, you know, he was drafted there, developed there and all that. It sucks because in the time where he was coming up, the West was always tough. You had, obviously, the Golden State Warriors. You had the Houston Rockets, who were a step ahead of them. You had just a bunch of teams that were standing in their way of winning a championship. And it sucks now because Damian Lillard is coming off surgery, and he's not getting any younger. He's 32 years old. So um, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with the mindset of you guys. I never felt Dame could be the best player on a championship team, to be honest with you, to be quite honest with you guys. I felt that way, that he that could never so be rude. the best. Huh? That is so rude. I never felt that way, and I still feel that way. I don't think that he can be the best player on a championship. I think he's I'm a Robin. No, it's rude. Mm, history shows me that it's kind of true, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. The no, West I'm, was tough. I agree with you. The How West, many point guards West was tough, can though. really be the Batman? It's tough. We saw AI do it. I'm not saying like AI never won a ring. Really I, a he went guard, to the finals. No, but he's a shooting guard. He's, he's not a, a shooting guard. guard. All right, all right. I understand. But, I mean, but he's really a sh- like he's that that he's hybrid just, of yeah, a point. He's the size two. of a point guard. But you know, then what River said is facts. I mean, Portland. Nobody wants to go to play in Portland, bro. This is a franchise that builds through the draft. I was looking at the free agency list, and just right now, I mean, the top free agents: John Wall, no, Tough. Russell Westbrook. We don't have to say anything about him. Bradley Beal. We already said what we had to say about Bradley Beal. The most intriguing prospect in this free agency class, and I know he's not going to leave the situation in Chicago, is Zach Levine. But then again, that's going to be another CJ 2.0. Obviously, he's better Dame than CJ McCullough. Dame needs a wing. Um, 
And I think Portland's going backwards. I mean, you already got rid of CJ. You already got rid of Norm and Robert Covington. You know, proven guys that you thought were proven and proven players to help build a championship there, even though we know that was really never going to happen. Um, and I just think they're going backwards now. I mean, you got Dame, obviously. Nurkic is still there. I was of the assumption that they were going to trade both of them and get as much picks and players as they can to complete a full-on rebuild. I think that this this whole Damian Lillard fiasco with Portland, I think it's really just played out. Like He's getting older. We've seen this year, I don't know if it was because of the injury, probably was, but we've seen a regression in his play this year. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I've never seen Dame like that. He was dealing with an abdominal injury, and it was so bad to the point where he had to end up getting that surgery. But if I'm Portland, I mean... I get you guys are trying to I get you guys are trying to cater to Damian Lillard because he's given so much to this franchise. He's been the common denominator and the success that you guys have had with that franchise, but he's getting older. You have an emerging guard in Anthony Simons and you have Damian Nurkic who like, you know, I feel like those two guys are better for teams that are trying to win now. Portland's going backwards. You're freeing up all this cap. You're showing Dame that, you know, you want him to stay, but then again, realistically, this free agency class isn't that deep. And who's going to really want to leave their situation or or choose Portland over other better situations? It's just not going to happen. Like we said, we already established Portland's build this team through the draft. So um, I'm of the mindset. and I'll say it again. I don't think Dame could be the best player on the championship team. I think he's getting older. I think Portland has to move on from him. This whole thing of Dame trying to be the best player on the championship team for Portland, blah, blah, blah. I get it. It's getting played out. And I think Portland's making a severe mistake doing this. I think they should capitalize on what Dame, the value that Dame and, well, Dame and Nurkic have now, but more so Dame, and just come, uh, just just do a full-on rebuild. I mean, we've seen this. This hasn't worked. Dame's been the best player on this team. It hasn't worked. I think that you guys need to be committed to a full rebuild for the first time. And, yeah, I just, I'm, I think they're moving backwards. I don't think they're moving forward trying to build around Dame. I think Portland did a hell of a job. For them to free up this much cap space and and have a trade exception this big, I mean, yeah, that's a great job. They, what are they? The Blazers, the This is what I'm saying. The Blazers had no cap space whatsoever, and they were able to to totally free up two max cap slots for this offseason. So you're commending them for freeing up cap to get nobody. They're not gonna get that. That's a sense. Like I was, I'm a. I agree with what you're saying, but you really. When you really the, think about it, who the are they shot, going it's to the, get? It's the shot the that matters. Okay. It's, it's the shot. It's they're giving, they're giving themselves a shot. The exact reason why I started my monologue with commendable Dude, is effort. the perfect word. The Blazers are in a spot to where I, if it was me, I'd rebuild. I think the young players they have now, Anthony Simons, Trendon Watford, who I watched at LSU, love Anthony. He, he's okay. Um, Nazir Little. CJ Ellaby has shown some flashes. Greg Brown is just uber athletic. And Keon Johnson, he's also just uber athletic. He's a raw prospect right now. This is totally unrealistic. But for the sake of this segment, I thought I'd compile it together just because Portland's goal is to build a contender around Dame. Now that they have so much money to get free agents and they have this trade exception, what's the best case scenario? How... What's the best roster they can possibly build if everything goes right? And I got the roster right here. The best free agents, in my opinion, in this upcoming free agency class are Beal, Levine, Aiton, 
Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Jonas Valanciunas, TJ Warren, Otto Porter, and Montrez Harrell. At least ones that I think like Portland could be eyeing. Best case scenario is the Blazers starting lineup next year is Damian Lillard, Zach Levine. They land Jabari Smith in the draft, Miles Bridges, and Nurkic. And off the bench, they have Simons, Otto Porter, Montrez Harrell, Josh Hart, and Keon Johnson, and Nazir Little. That's the best case scenario that the Blazers could be in. Also a miracle of God. Also, if you think <laughs> Zach, Levine Zach is not leaving is Chicago, gonna go bro. there, he's not leaving Come Chicago, on, bro. bro. That's a dream. Scenario. I'm not saying he would go there, but I, I told you it's yeah. unrealistic. But the, and if it's not Levine, it's Beal. Should be Beal first. Yeah. Well, it's Levine. Levine is better. That's why True. I said this is the best case scenario. Yeah. Okay. This is best case scenario. They'll probably get a top pick. And yeah, I mean, if they can land a Chet or Jabari, I mean, or even a Jaden Ivy, that would be crazy. But the Blazers' best case scenario still is not a championship roster. <laughs> and this is unrealistic. This is a miracle that would be answered if this offseason would happen. And enough. it's not likely. Because of that, I think they should just trade Dame and just get back a young, promising player, notably a wing, who can play with Simons, and then you build around Simons, and now you have cap space for the future, and you bring in some vets in there to fill around the squad. They're going to have a top pick in this draft. If they can land one of these blue-chip prospects, and they trade Dame, and now they have Simons and a What's Jabari Smith with... Maybe another young player in there. I mean, this looks like a what really if, damn good to young say core. They trade Dame during draft night to like the Knicks for their pick. Interesting. They're and they the, keep their pick and get the Knicks pick. They got both pick. Do both you think lottery the, picks. Do you think the Knicks want to give up that high of a pick? I'm just saying, like I'd be like, we're doing hypotheticals. You know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. like they get two lottery picks. You keep Amphrine. Now you get. A Jabari Smith or a Chet, and now you get into like a Jada Hardy. Jada Hardy. Now you fill out your starting five because Nasir Little's still there. Now you got, you know, you got all that money. If you're the Knicks, would players. you rather Dame or would you rather a young guy? Take the young guy. I'll probably take the young guy. Me personally, I, I think so too. I, I don't know at this point. I don't know what they do. Uh, Dame, RJ, probably Randall. Oh no, one of them has to go. No, no, I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. That's a waste of time. Because who are they really paying money? <laughs> the they're paying Nerlens. They're paying Randall. They're paying who else? Fournier. Fournier. Alec Burks, Noel. And that, those can easily be moved. True. Fournier's getting paid 17 mil. And that could be gone. It's a lot of money. Yeah, that was a lot of money, man. <laughs> I mean, they could do it, but I, I don't think... I don't know. It really depends on how the season turns out. I, I think... It depends on if the Knicks want to win or yep. not. If they want to win and they want to go all in on this Julius Randle, RJ core, then they go out and trade for a Dame. If they don't, then they don't. But if they have that pick, then I get, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. If we keep RJ and we get yeah, If you Dame, keep RJ care. and Randle, now you have a top five pick. You can throw that in there with a bunch of scrubs and then be like, yo, listen, we got this pick. It's promising. We'll maybe give you another pick. And we got two guys. Give us Dame. Now you got Dame, RJ, Randle. I mean, think about the last time the Knicks traded for a big player, Carmelo Anthony. Lit. They gave up a lot, but, but in the how grand scheme of things, guys... agreed. So they're not they're not as poorly run as maybe you're giving them some <laughs> true some slack for. 
Maybe they are pulley run though. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to yeah, say they are. Like, they are. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice to you guys. Don't be nice to them. Is he nice to your Lakers? He isn't. Not by any means. He's not a Lakers fan though. Bro. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> Why not. do you keep saying yo, that? Yo, I'm both. more of a Lakers fan than you are a Knicks fan, without a doubt. At this point oh, yeah, in time, yeah, bro. No, I am You're really not. I am. Nah, that's debatable. Not. It is. You've been a Lakers fan for two years, bro. And I ride for them more than you ride for the Knicks. Yo. How? Bro, you, you're yeah, on and off on Randall. At least I will consist... Excuse me, RJ. At least I will not <laughs> openly bash my Lakers. I mean... What you have the right mean, to bash them right I do now, have though. the right, and yeah. I, w- I refuse to. What does that mean? That just makes you an unrealistic You're fan. just like a Fairweather fan. When the Knicks do really well, you're really into it. And, you know, when they're not well... Or not and doing you really flip good. Flop on well, your not that you flip flop, but like you don't waste your time watching it. Well, since, to, to call me not a Lakers fan is whack. Is well, whack. Since eighth grade, I've seen the Knicks make the playoffs twice. I have a right to mm. my opinion mm. and how I feel. I guess you literally have said on this podcast that if LeBron goes to a team, that's the fan you're of. Yeah. So he's Le- on the Lakers. LeBron so is probably not going to retire with the Lakers. Why do you think that? Because you guys suck. <laughs> he wants to play with <laughs> that's his son. Why. If it's Maybe makes right. the NBA. So whatever team happens, he goes to, you're not going to be a Lakers fan no more. So until that time comes, I'm a Lakers fan. So you're not a Lakers fan then. No, he, he's kind of, he's on you, right? So, he's on me, so if he goes to, if LeBron, just, let's just say he goes to the Wizards, you're going to be a Wizards fan? We're going to have this conversation again. You're going to be a Wizards fan? Yes. Oh, Bro, man. it doesn't matter what the Knicks do. I will always be a Knicks fan. I'm sure. Talk, talk, I'm sure. Like, no, but I'm sure. you're not always yeah. a Lakers fan. Okay, so you're no, not no, more of a fan so, of Lakers so than I am Houston, So it's Houston, <laughs> then it's the Nets. Okay, see. Now Giddy. No, no, Giddy, I won't, I won't even throw it I'm hold not going to Hold on, hold on. For one, Harden is not on the Nets anymore. I, I understand. So now Philly. <laughs> so now Philly. Agreed. That's, you didn't let me finish. So now we have to add Philly to the list. My point being is at least I ride for one. I care about Harden. For one. Like, you're just a little bit all over the place. So to now call me a Lakers fan is kind of whack. No, you're a LeBron fan. Yeah, I am. You're not a Lakers fan. But I am a Lakers fan. Okay, who was the starting lineup in 2015? Oh, Kobe Bryant. What? Kobe Bryant, ter- okay. 2015. Nah, yeah, Kobe Why would you name the two guard first? Do, do you think? Because he's I'm Kobe sorry, do Bryant. Think, do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Probably D'Lo. Julius. Yeah. Ingram? No, no Ingram wasn't there yet. Sacre? Julius was drafted in 2016. Robert Ooh. Robert Sacre. <laughs> Actually, I'll give you an easy question. Wow. Who was a power forward that played for the Lakers when they were trash around that in the middle of the 2010s era, he was 6'10 and played at Duke. Oh, I know this. <laughs> this is easy. Actually, I might guess. Can I answer for him? No. <laughs> I want to see him struggle. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to get it. I watched Nick star Lexi Shred, bro. <laughs> Good for you, man. And Dennis Smith. And yeah. Smith Jr. <laughs> I thought it was Holland. Remember the Chris Copeland time? Yeah. I remember. Wait, so is time the, play, out, time is out, the player time, Carlos Boozer? Time out. Joel, no. Joel, no. You, time out. Hold on, hold on. 6'10 played at Duke. You were watching Lou Amundsen. Oh, Duke doesn't help me. <laughs> that didn't help me at Duke all. Duke didn't help me. I Yo, thought it was Boozer. Rib, Rib, He was watching Lou Amundsen. He got it, bro. Oh, my God. You got it, bro. When I say the same, you're going to be like, oh, wow, I remember him. Jordan Hill? Ryan oh. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> I remember him. Uh, wow, he was bad. He was good at at Duke though. He was nice at Duke. I, why do I think Carlos? It's Safe right, to say you're not a Lakers fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's all right, bro. Take the L in peace. I'll take it, bro. I saw Jose Calderon start for my team, bro. 
That was rough. Out of his prime, bro. Jared Jack. Yeah, I've been through these point guards, bro. LeBron played with some bad bad teammates. Bro said LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what makes it valid, right? I got to talk about LeBron only. He's played with some bad guys. Went to the finals with a trash team. Should be more of a Cavs fan. Can't do that. LeBron's played most of his career on the Cavs. Listen, I hope he goes back. This weekend is one of the better weekends in the entire year because it's the Super Bowl. It's this Sunday. And the moment we've all been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. The Sportsbook isn't in your state yet. Play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. When this trade went down, Twitter shut down. Twitter was making jokes about it. It was all over the place. And that was a Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. I think as a whole, Twitter felt that Tyrese shouldn't have been, tra- shouldn't have been, he never should have been traded. Julius Randle was on the team. Oh, he was? 15-16. He was on the team. He was drafted in, 20, in 2015 or 16. Or- you asked me 2015, so I'm going to say, God, bastard. <laughs> I'm mad at you. DeMontis Sabonis was someone that Kings fans didn't really want. The NBA world was shocked when he went to the Kings. And in his first game, in his debut, he has 22, 14, and 5. And there was a picture of him hugging the Aaron Fox. And they look like the best of friends. And need I say, he plays like a power forward that used to play for the Kings Chris that Weber? brought them to the Western Chris? Conference Finals. Are you going to say Chris Webber? Bro. I might walk off. Chris Webber was dead <laughs> nice, bro. They have want, similar play styles. That's kind of crazy that you say that when... Chris Webber's way better than mm-hmm. him, though. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish talking. Webber's what nice. are your thoughts on these new-look Kings? They traded Halliburton to the Pacers, but now... You're not high on Sabonis. Look at their oh. team. Yeah. I mean, they traded... The they traded. They traded Halliburton, Heald, and Thompson for Sabonis, Lehman, Holiday, and a 2023 second-round pick, and there was a 14 trade in which they got Dante <laughs> DiFincenzo, Trey Lyles, Josh Jackson... The Bucks got Ibaka, two future second round picks in cash. The Clippers got Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale, and the Pistons got Marvin Bagley. Kings projected starting five now is Fox, DiVincenzo, Justin Holiday, Barnes, and Sabonis. Off the bench, Rashawn Holmes, Davion Mitchell, Jeremy Lamb, Metu, Harkless. What do you feel about? How do you feel about these new look Kings? I like that for. First of all, they had a good game yesterday. They won. They beat your Tims. Yeah, I no, love every Tims L. That's, but I, that's my new agenda now, pushing them to be losers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the Kings go win. You know, Fox, Sabonis, they played well. Great. Sabonis. It was a, at first, it was a surprising move. I thought they would choose Halley, you know, being the more pure point guard. And if they was going to make a move, I thought, you know, they would make a move for Halley and send Fox out the way. They decided to keep Rivals. the guy, Fox. 
And then they rode to go get Sabonis. Then not to mention they went to go get DiVincenzo, who's still a good player. Josh Jackson, who's he's all right. You know, he's nothing crazy, but he's all right. Decent defender. Yeah, he's all right. So like they 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 made some moves and they made the moves to 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 say, listen, you know, we're gonna try. And they have two all star caliber players on their team. Dante DiVincenzo, he's young, but he's a really good role player. He's somebody who can definitely help the team. They still have Holmes, who's still a really good player. So they have players. They have pieces. Davion Mitchell, he's still Harrison a good player. Barnes. Harrison Barnes, who's an all-star caliber player. Low tier, though, Let's before I go insane. So they have a bunch of good players. It's just about, you know, putting it, you know what I'm saying? Said Barnes is all-star caliber? Low, low tier. Like, low, He'll low He'll never tier. get it, bro. I don't think he's even that, though. He gets he's, he's not, wait, wait, wait. wait he's a good scorer. Oh, he's not he's just as good as Tobias Harris? I swear to God he is. He's not. Why isn't he? He's not. It's about the same tier, bro. Yeah, he's just as good as Tobias Harris. Harrison did you, Barnes wait, is. did you guys vote on my poll yesterday between Harrison Barnes and Karis LeVert? I picked Harrison Barnes. Why are you Harrison voting? Barnes. Why are you doing that? No, who, did you vote? I didn't vote, actually, no. What's your vote? Harrison Barnes and Karis LeVert. I'm going with Karis. <laughs> he said Karis LeVert could be Chris Middleton, so I believe that. What do you think, Joe? I said Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. I voted Harrison Barnes is just, in, me, in my opinion, Harrison Barnes is just I feel just like, that's, like this, that's like the tier they're on. Yeah, they're low, low, low all-star. Like, low, low. But, you know, like, it's... Sacramento's in deep shit. Let's, let's just be honest, man. They're, they're, they're well, franchi- I disagree. Their franchise is in shambles. They, they wanted to make a move. Sabonis is still really young, though. Fox is young. Barnes isn't old. I don't think I think like I think they this was more towards the gear to try to get into the play in this year and maybe make a run next year be a little bit more retooled. You know why, but, right? Why? Because they have the longest active playoff drought in the NBA right now. I don't even think getting into the playoffs can change that. They give themselves a shot. Yeah, I, I just think at this point they just want to be competitive. They just want to make the playoffs, yeah, bro. Play competitive basketball. But I don't know, like this move for for Indiana. Let me talk about that for Indiana for a little bit. They get their point guard in the future. We're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. So we're just talking about the Kings right now. Yeah. All right, bet. So back to the Kings, I go. They're mid, bro. Let's just like let's 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 cut in ties. Fox is good. Sabonis is good. But none of those guys are game changers, franchise changers, in my opinion. None of those guys is gonna really threaten either <laughs> for franchise. Barnes is good, but I feel like Barnes would be much better on the contender. He's shown that ability. He can be that guy on the championship team. But nonetheless, good move for this team to try to be competitive for the Kings fans. I wish them better, though. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, Personally, <laughs> I think what they were missing was a skilled big. They haven't had that. Where they thought they were getting it in Marvin Bagley. Fortunately, that just didn't happen. They ended up trading him away. Rashawn Holmes is is not a skilled big man. He's not that type of guy that can play like Sabonis, where he can play up top on the I hate this guy, bro. So I don't understand what you dropped Pringles, by the way. That's what you dropped. Oh, okay. So regardless of that, and I remember earlier oh, when Pringles. we were talking about um Sabonis and his defense, right? This guy said he was a cone. <laughs> Who said um, that? River actually said word for word, he said he was a cone. I said that. You said he was a cone. <laughs> You still believe that? No, I said that? Yes. You sure I said that? Because uh, we got to make stuff really clear here. I, that, that sounds like I something you would say, you. No, I just want to make sure if I, I answer his question. To the, po- to the point where, Joel, we were, before we were going to record the football episode, he also reiterated to me that he is not a good defender. Okay, so he said not good. I said cone. Yeah, okay, no, both you, of you both of you are just on the side of he's not a okay, now good what's your question? defender. My whole a point is you bring in a guy with – the interior presence that he does, and Sabonis being a solid defender. Okay. Um, and now you pair that with De'Aaron Fox. The two now, this team now has two all-star caliber players in De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, where now the pressure and all the eyes aren't all on De'Aaron Fox. I understand of the idea where 
if I'm fans, I see Tyrese Halliburton, who's having a great, successful season for, for the Kings, get traded away. I'd be upset, too. He's a great facilitator. He's a solid scorer, very efficient three-point shooter. But you can't look at it from a, a super wide lens. He's averaging 14 points per game. He's a, He has flashes of being a great scorer, no doubt about it. But it's not on a consistent basis. De'Aaron Fox is not the player that he has been last year. That being said, he's still averaging 21 points per game. His efficiencies are not the best, but they're slowly but surely getting up as he's getting healthier. And now with the addition of Sabonis, now his looks are going to be better because Sabonis is very good at incorporating other players into the offense. Harrison Barnes can create his own shot, can get his own shot. You don't have to worry about him, but Sabonis will get better looks for uh, for Harrison Barnes, where in his first game now, Sabonis was had five assists, and Harrison Barnes had 30. The trio together had 30 points in Harrison Barnes, 22 in Sabonis, and 27 in De'Aaron Fox. And that's on night one against the Timberwolves team that has been playing great both offensively and defensively. And now to add on to this, you lose Halliburton, but now you allow Davion Mitchell to step up in the rotation, where he's not a starter, but he is your sixth man off the bench, and he provides a great spark for you coming in on that six-man role. Defensively, he's probably their best guard defender there is. And offensively, we've seen his offense improve improve as the season's gone on. True. His three-point shot's starting to fall a little bit more. His facilitating's also been very important to me, too. I see Davion Mitchell, and you, you lose the great passer in Tyrese Halliburton, but now you have a really solid passer in Davion Mitchell. So I, I feel as if... It hurts to lose Halliburton, but they had the guard depth. They had it with De'Aaron Fox. They have it with Davion Mitchell, who's a be- the best defender. At least you you have now one of these guards that is an excellent defender. To pair that with Sabonis, who is also a facilitating big man, who plays excellent defense, who can also score at a very efficient clip. I love the move. Um, So talking about the move, uh, I know there was an uproar on Tyrese being traded. Uh. In the grand scheme of things, I think it came down to the Kings' decision being who's going to be better in the long run. Who do we bank in on being the better player in the long run, De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese? De'Aaron Fox has had a season where he's averaged 25 points. He's shown like flashes of being able to shoot. I mean, I don't know what's really going on this year, but this year he's still giving you 21 points per game, four rebounds, five assists. Although he's not the facilitator that Tyrese is, I think that at, right now and even in their peak, I think that he's just going to be end up being a better scorer than Tyrese. I mean, he's had seasons where he averaged 21. Last year, averaged 25. So I'm more comfortable with him being a scorer. I mean, it was just a decision between the two. In the long run, we'll find out if the decision that the Kings made to keep Fox over Tyrese was a smart one. Um, But like I said, I was skeptical at first. Obviously, you give up Tyrese, who was showing flashes of being pretty good this season especially the games that he wasn't playing that, that I saw him playing running the point guard while Fox was hurt I mean he looked like an elite level playmaker he can turn into one um I like the move for Sabonis I mean he's young and when I look at this team we look at Harrison Barnes like Rashawn Holmes you know the timeline on this team should be getting younger uh Harrison Barnes I believe how is Harrison Barnes about to be 30 this year or he 29. is 30 29 Rashawn Holmes is around the same age, 28, right? Mm-hmm. 28, 29. I think you have to get younger at those positions. But I like what the Kings are doing. It's almost like they're throwing their fans a bone. This is a team that like has the longest active playoff drought in the NBA. I think the last time they made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, was 2007. 
I like this move, and I want the Kings to go all in on trying to make the playoffs. I think it's important that they break and snap that playoff draw. I think it's their fans deserve it because they've been loyal, and I think that this roster, if if well, well, when we see them play more, I think there's a chance that they might be able to sneak in that plan. Do I think they will ultimately end up getting in? I don't. But even then, just give your team something to play forward, look forward to past the end of the season. Um, But in the offseason, I mean, defensively, this team is pretty horrible. And so bonus is not fixing anything with that. I mean, they give up the second amount of most points per game in the NBA at 29. They give up the most points in the paint. They have the they defended three horribly and their opponents shoot around 50 percent on them. This team is horrendous on defense and has to improve. So in the long run, I do think that the trade is good. I think that they did end up keeping De'Aaron Fox, who I think in the long run will be better than Tyrese. I'm going to make that statement. I'm going to stand on it. Um, but then again, I mean, this roster is far from being done. I don't think Sabonis and Fox are going to really do anything. I think you have to you have to um, prioritize getting better at the small forward and at the center position for this trade to take off. So you said the Kings are 29th in points in the paint, opposing points in the paint? Uh uh, 52 points in the paint per game. They're last in the league. Wow. Yeah, their defense is terrible. Yeah, and they Sabonis need, they is not fixing a, that. They need what? Bro, they need an inside no, presence. Real. They need well, when, yeah. he, when he said Sabonis isn't fixing anything, you, you shrugs your shoulders <laughs> like he's lied. <laughs> I mean, you get some kind of presence. Yeah, it's going to change a little bit at least. It, but Sabonis but is like, not what, from 30 it. to like 25? I mean, I mean, what you said they're 29th right now? No, they're dead last. I mean, it's going to be better than dead last. What, 28th? Any any signs of improvement is, Bro, is but hold good. Up, hold up, hold up. That's Rashawn Holmes better than Jared Allen, though. That's, that's how he <laughs> Rashawn Holmes has been in and out of the lineup also a lot this season. Because he's mid, bro. Because he's been hurt, he's mid. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, I always nah, thought he was mid. He's a solid center, though. The reason why people hated this move is because it was short-sighted, and that's what it was. Are the Kings now more fun to watch this year? Yeah, I think they'll be more fun to watch. Mostly because it's not going to be a uh, offense where Tyrese and Fox are just sharing the ball. Now it's going to be Fox and Sabonis a lot in the pick and roll. You have Sabonis on the post, passing and kicking it out from there. He's a very good passer, and it showed versus Minnesota. I think their offense now becomes more different. It becomes harder to stop. It's not as predictable. For the past couple of years, they have been stacking the same players at the same position. They have been stacking players at the same position. Now you finally have somebody in Sabonis who is a clear upgrade at the forward or center spot. Doesn't matter where you slot him in. And over the past couple of years, they've had nobody that's a real threat from there. Rashawn Holmes isn't. Uh, Marvin Bagley isn't. Sabonis is finally a threat. And De'Aaron Fox versus Tyrese Halliburton. Well, I think Tyrese is going to be better. He's sure. averaged 19 and 10 and starts without Fox. He's a better shooter. He's a better defender. Sometimes he's a bit too timid on the offensive side of the ball. But they couldn't maximize Halliburton because they didn't have anybody who can finish his passes, to be honest. I was at the Knicks game, and I was watching the Kings play. Halliburton could have had 10-plus assists that game, but, I mean, everybody was missing. Everybody was missing on great passes. But also in that game, he struggled offensively. The debate between Fox and Halliburton, well, we won't have the answer, answer until years down the line. But I think you can... You can, if you're a Kings fan, you can feel optimistic about this these moves because it feels like they now have a sense of direction. I mean, they were able to bring in Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, Sabonis, who are all Sabonis is an all star. Holiday and Lamb are Robles. great rotational players. 
and DiVincenzo, who's a starter, or if not a great rotational player, and they didn't have to trade any picks. They didn't trade a first-round pick to get these guys. They didn't totally go all-in on these guys to try to win now. They just got them. They still have their assets for the future. They'll still be able to land a, they'll still be able to land a top pick in this draft if they do indeed, not if they finish with one of the worst records in the NBA. They finally have a sense of direction. And I think that there's some room for optimism in that. And they also became a better team. Between Sabonis and Halliburton, Sabonis is better right now. It, it just is what it is. He's the better player right now. He's more consistent offensively. Even though Tyrese is a really great passer, Sabonis is somebody who's capable of getting 8 to 10 assists any single given night if his perimeter players are shooting well and at a good clip. And I think getting Dante DiVincenzo was really the cherry on top. He hasn't, sure. been, he hasn't been good this season, mm-hmm. but he's still battling back from an injury. He was a 38% three-point shooter last season. He's a great defender. So now you have somebody who can play alongside Fox, who can defend at a high level, Barnes can defend at an okay level. And J- Justin Holiday is an okay defender as well. They still won't be a, a great defensive team or even a good one. But now they have an identity on offense. They know what they want to do. And most importantly, De'Aaron Fox, who's a franchise player, is happy. He now doesn't have to be looking over his shoulder, looking at what Tyrese is doing every single time he's not playing or when he is playing. Now he has a running mate in Sabonis, who they feed off each other. And I think the Kings finally are are finding players that fit alongside their current players, and that is a good thing. Hopefully, they keep that trend going forward, but it is a short-sighted move. The Aaron Fox and Sabonis isn't taking you anywhere. I mean, if they get into playing, that is a step up. You know, are they making the playoffs? I don't think they will. And in the future, really, what are they going to do? What is a core of Fox and Sabonis going to be? It's not going to be anything special. It might not even bring you consistent playoff berths in the West. Because of that, it's a short-sighted move because Halliburton can really become a good player, but he's off in Indiana in a place that's going to suck too. So we're not going to see that. (laughs) That's actually a fact, though. He's off in Indiana. I I feel like Sacramento (laughs) and Bagley not working out really halted where we all thought that they would be. So now, instead of Bagley, where you're to be getting the disappointment, guy. now you're actually getting who you thought you were getting in Sabonis. True. So, I agree with what you're saying. Is it a lock for playoff berths? Not necessarily. But at the same time, we see how great De'Aaron Fox can be, where he can average 25 points in a season. Sabonis has shown he can be an all-star type of player. Now you pair these two t- two guys together where Sabonis has not played alongside another all-star caliber player like De'Aaron Fox. I love Malcolm Brogdon as much as the next dude. He's not De'Aaron Fox. So you pair this again, like I said, a Harrison Barnes, a five with, with Rashawn Holmes. At the point, you have De- De'Aaron could run the point, but then off the bench, Davion Mitchell. I... I agree with you, what you're saying. Do I think they're a one to six? Probably not, but they could eventually, if they if they decide to keep this core together, be in, on that border of that six to eight every single season. You keep naming me this roster, <laughs> but what you're saying is what I'm saying. They aren't a team that's going to net consistent playoff berths. No, you but I think they can six to eight. But that's that's six to so eight. So you're banking. Okay, so you're bank. Sabonis is 25 years old. You're 26. banking on 26. You're banking on still very oh, wow. young. He's 26. You're, you're banking oh, on him to take another leap in his game. 
I mean, he's still he's already a solid. And ball then player. Fox, you're also banking on take another. We'll get back to what, what he was playing. There, with there, that's exactly what I'm saying. He is 25 actually. Turns 26 May 3rd. Yeah, I know. And Darren Fox is how old? 23. 22 or 23. There you go. It's like these guys are still young. And Davion is 23 also. Harrison Barnes is older. It's Rashawn the Holmes is around older. Them. No, I agree, but they got some decent pieces. It's not, it's not that – the point is not that they're young. It's just I have a thing It's in the NFL and NBA. Once you've been in the league for four years, we already know the player that you're going to be. And Sabonis is a poor man's Jokic. I don't want his name anywhere near you. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, maybe what you, I'm saying is absolute facts. Maybe you can say something else. I don't. I don't. No, he's a poor man. Jokic. He is Sabonis. That's who he is. He's, he's Sabonis. Sabonis. I don't. And that's this, a poor this. man. Jokic. All right. Um. Listen, for all the moves they made, they're twentieth in three point percentage, twenty third in total rebounds. Sabonis fixes the rebounds. They've been, they've no, been, he fixes three point percentage too. Yeah, he that's what he fixes. Defense, defense though, this defense fixes, is still horrendous. Look, offensively, the Kings will be really. Yeah, you have to. You yeah, do, offensively, they're going to be good. You can't fix everything in the trade. You know, you got to just try to find a way to fix something. I'm joking. Like fake, Justin fake. Holiday, he helps three point percentage. Jamie Lamb, he's a good shooter. I know he like, but we know he can shoot the ball, so he's another one that can help. Maybe so you you have to fix little by little with a team like this. You got to fix little by little. That's and getting spot, yeah. getting Sabonis. Sabonis, Sabonis can play the this center. This is the thing, so. though. This is the thing. Sabonis and Fox, yeah, they're young, but I think they've hit who they're going to be. Like they're gonna they're they're going to be those players. Like Sabonis is not going to get significantly better to the point that you're like, wow. He is really taking this leap. Fox, too. Like, and a duo of Sabonis and Fox. Why not Fox? Because I really just think Fox is who he is. I mean, he's a scoring guard. You were high on he's Fox a, last I year, I like though. Fox. He's a great player. Fox over Jaw. That was the take. That was the take. I never said Fox over Jaw. I said he could do something similar. I never said that. And that was before Jaw took this leap, by the way. So this is what I'm saying. Sabonis and Fox aren't going to get better. They can get better. I they can Fox build, can get better. They can build up chemistry. I mean, he can definitely improve in sh- his shooting. But even last year, he shot at a pretty decent clip, and he that was his biggest thing. He needed to work on his jump shot. He's been in the league for four years now. I kind of already have an idea of what Fox is going to be. They're going to be a fun team to watch. But the duo of Fox and Sabonis, where does that rank in the West? It's not better than Kawhi and PG. It's not better than Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr., in my opinion. Not it's not close. better than Jokic or Murray. It's not better than, just name me, it's, it's not better than Luka. And who, it doesn't matter. Luka and two, number two, it doesn't matter who number two is because they have Luka. They're not better than these teams in the West. They're, yes. not be, they're not better than Cat and Edwards in that duo. I don't think they are. Donovan and Gobert. Mitchell and Gobert, they're not better they're than not them. They're not even better than LeBron and AD, bro. Like They're not. I don't even mention them because Lakers suck. But <laughs> Are they better than Zion and Brandon? I would take Zion and that I would take that duo over the Kings. So basically, they wow. have to they have to fill no, out this roster around Sabonis and Fox. But Fox is getting paid a lot of bread. Sabonis is getting paid a manageable contract for his skill level. I think it's one of the better bargains in the NBA. But you don't have too much money to play around with to fill out this roster. So they either have to hit on the draft or sign under the radar free agents that can exceed the expectations that they set for them and because of that they're kind of stuck in mediocrity or they won't even be mediocre and they just won't make the playoffs so it's either they're gonna get in the playoffs and be a first round exit they're gonna be the al jefferson paul Millsap, utah jazz 
or they're not just they're not gonna make the playoffs. I think right now that's just the goal, just to get in. Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs since been 07, so bro. bad. I think just it's to like get throwing in, a, a bone at your fans. It's just a blessing in itself at that point because they haven't been in, in so long. They just need something to bring some light to that arena. Like it's just bad in there. <laughs> oh, misery and sorrow and losing. Like, it's terrible. They need a blue chip prospect. That's what they need. They need another one. And like it Chet doesn't really, you really don't know if they can get one of them. Nah, you wouldn't get Chet. What were the, Sabonis. Name what were the picks that they traded for Sabonis? They only traded some second rounders. Okay. So they, they have the, the first play- round pick. Yeah, they don't make the playoffs. Lotto, maybe Jabari. Pow, pow, pow. It's really, yeah, they have to bank on that, but. This was a. They're stuck where they are. They've this was a, been. this was a move that like they're going to be a more exciting team to watch, and they had a great debut against the King against the Timberwolves at home. They're not. They play with energy at home on the road. They really. They're just really bad. So I want to <laughs> see them on the road for sure. I want to see them on the road. I'm with you, and I'll see where I am. But you know, really, this you're gonna, move is going to tune into Kings games. Yeah, I'll definitely tune in. You know, so <laughs> this was an okay move, but you know, really, I think. The backlash was that why did we trade Tyrese and basically to be a playing team? Because Halliburton's been exciting, and unfortunately, it took parting with him to get Sabonis. But in the, in, I think I, it's really I that they, they think Tyrese is going to be better than Fox long term. That's what it is. Say that one more time. Fox is going to be better than Tyrese. I think Tyre fans think Tyrese is going to be better than correct. Fox. And me personally, do we think that Halliburton could get to that twenty five clip? I don't think he needs he to be better to, than because he's Fox. a great facilitator. Chris Paul has never averaged twenty five, and he's better than Fox for sure. Like not even a debate. But where the team is right now, they need to figure out an identity. Where if they're not going to be great defensively, they need to be great offensively, and they can be great offensively. Not great, but they can be really, really good. They have the pieces to be really, really good on offense. The Pacers were the other team in this deal. They traded Sabonis, Holiday, Lamb. They traded Aaron Holiday, Torrey Craig, and Levert. This is a new roster now, and you have these young players on this team with Tyrese Halliburton and Chris Duarte, if you want to count him, even though he's a really old rookie. Yeah, you're not counting Mitchell. You cannot count him. Isaiah Jackson. They traded for Jalen Smith, and Miles Turner is there. I would still consider him in that in that young realm. They have two first-rounders this upcoming draft. One belongs to Cleveland, which probably will translate over to them. Can the Pacers be more? Can the Pacers be competitive quicker than we think? I mean, if healthy, their lineup is Brogdon, Halley, Heald, Turner, T.J. Warren, and you have Duarte and Jalen Smith off the bench. And what do you think? Are these are they are they just going to be bad? This team is uh, Indiana, man. Well, last season. We walked. In, we we had our little off season previews last summer. You know what I'm saying. And I thought like this team wouldn't be that good. I felt like everybody <laughs> got better, and they just didn't get better. There's just too many, too much of the same type of players, and they weren't good. But also to their credit, they was hurt a lot. You know, they was guy had guys but time. Levert was in and out of the lineup. T.J. Warren hasn't played. Brogdon was in and out of the lineup. So you know, to their credit, they they was hurt. But at the same time, you know, I I felt like that's where in the draft why they picked Chris Duarte because they felt like they would be competitive. So you get a guy like that who can come day one, he can contribute. So I thought they felt like they'd be competitive this year. Now you're in a position where, look, we got two first-round picks. We got our point guard for the future. We traded Levert. We got that contract off our hands. We traded Sabonis. We had to do it to get our point guard. Now what's the next move? I feel like this is 
they're in an okay position because they have a point guard who's on a rookie deal. They have Chris Duarte, who he, he's a little, uh, let me not say a little, he's older, but he's a player who you know is going to contribute. right? Maybe 25. He's 24. 24. He's a little old, but you know, he's somebody who's going to contribute on a daily basis. So, you know, you have those two guys. Isaiah Jackson, he's a young prospect who you can still work on and help him get better. Brogdon's going to be there. So it's like, it's got, you have still, you still have some guys you need to move, but nonetheless, Indiana, they're in an okay position because they have draft picks. They have guys, young guys that they can build around. But I don't think like they, like I don't like this move. This was just a move to get another player to build around. And I think now they're building around Halliburton. Miles Turner has said that he likes the idea of playing with Halliburton. So maybe now that Sabonis is out of town, you're looking at Miles Turner like, all right, maybe let's this all this hype about you wanting the ball. Let's see if you can make another improvement. He's still 25 years old. Maybe you can get a little more out of him. We know he's great defensively, offensively. What can he bring outside of the three point shooting? So now you're looking at this roster and you're looking at what can we do? Like what can these young guys do to show us? Like all right, we need to make this next move. They're going to be in the lottery next year. So this is another guy coming in. You got your point guard. I feel like Brogdon should be moved later in the offseason. But nonetheless, I feel like they're not in as bad as a position that people think they are because they do have still some young talent and they have their picks. So I think they'll be fine down the road. They just needed to make some moves. I, I still think they need to get Buddy Hill off that off that team, though. His contract is a little too crazy for me. And his his – his play has dropped, but I think maybe the new environment he could probably play a little better. But I think the drafts we're gonna where they're gonna really make their mark. I think Jalen Smith and Miles Turner that front court can be intriguing. Really? Yeah. Just yeah. the spacing it can offer. I think it could be intriguing. Well, now we could really see what Jalen Smith's about. You know, so I fact he's gonna get the most opportunity. I think, I think this is the perfect spot for him. Tyrese Halliburton was the player that the Suns passed on to draft Jalen Smith. And now they're teammates. Look at that. That's pretty interesting. What, what, what about you, boy? You're Indiana boys. <sighs> Coach of the year. Yeah, facts. <laughs> Unfortunate that didn't end up that way, but it is what it is. Pacers have dealt with a lot this season. Malcolm Brogdon was their best player to start the season. Achilles' injury has derailed his season. Sabonis has been the, their, their most consistent player, but he's been their most consistent player. Miles Turner missing some time. Slime's just all over the place. So I can understand where they're trying to have a new image. You bring in Tyrese Halliburton. He's a great facilitator, efficient scorer. Can has shown when he's given the opportunity, he can be a very efficient, very solid ball player. In terms of how the roster is constructed right now, you have Brogdon, you have Tyrese Halliburton, you have Buddy Heald, you have probably Jalen Smith, I'm guessing, and then you have Miles Turner whenever he comes back. What is really the difference between this lineup and then you have Sabonis and you have Halliburton? I feel like right now there's nothing very drastic. I get I get it. Halliburton is a different type of ball player. But Brogdon was facilitating just fine, scoring just fine when you had him in the lineup. Well, the difference is Halliburton's like eight years younger. So do you believe that they're going to—if we're talking this season, right— if we're talking for the future, I get it. Because Halliburton's young. I think Indiana's walking in the rebuild mode, so you got to look at like the and if, future. And if I'm Indiana with Brogdon's health injury, with, with his health over these last few seasons, you're probably going to want to move off him. But it's unfortunate given the fact that he was your best player to start the season. I wish you, I wish I understood <laughs> why Joel was laughing. 
It's because no, I'm praising I'm Malcolm Brogdon. No, I'm but you laughing. thought he was better than Sabonis? Who? Malcolm Brogdon? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't no. know he why. Was playing. I really don't know why he's laughing. He called no. him a poor oh. man's joke because, of course, he doesn't think he's better than him. I know I'm laughing because oh. just how, the, how Riff says things. It's funny. Because oh, <laughs> he was just like this. He was like, because he's about like eight years younger. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> is Brogdon that much older? He's 30. Nah, really? He's 29, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, uh-huh. he's a little old. It makes sense. And he's probably getting some money that he probably should not mil. be getting. So eventually they're going to move off him. But it's hard to trade him right now, given his injury history, given the fact that he's dealing with an injury it right now. Mid. But he's supposed to be coming back. Mm-hmm. He's not mid. No way, no how. <laughs> who's, who's not mid? He's, Brogdon's mid? <laughs> Like if you, like you're saying he's made, he's I, I an throw, average I throw, ball player. I throw the mid around loosely. Wait, like, you do. That's why I'm saying who's that. better, him, him, or somebody like like Harrison Barnes? Who's a better player? Because I feel like that. No, I'm being serious. That's the tier. I mean, of it's so different because one's asked to facilitate. Like I, can, so good. I swear to God, I can name like 15. I'm sure you 17 could. Point guards yeah, better. I agree. 15's the, the but I agree with you. Oh yeah, if if you are average, you kind of are mid. Yeah, that's there's 30 average. starting points. He's a good ball player though. He's, he's, he's solid. Like he's solid. He's solid. He's a solid ball player. You're saying he's, he's mid. Solid. Like, just mid. Right, I'm. Sl- I just throw the mid around. Mid with us is like we could do without him. You could do without him. I can do without Malcolm. If Malcolm Brogdon was, would you like Malcolm Brogdon on your squad? <laughs> no, <laughs> yo, Lonzo Ball is better than him. Not better. He's just a better fitted. Like I wouldn't. Would I you wouldn't, say Brogdon over Caruso? No, I would. I wouldn't sleep. Like Brogdon averages almost twenty points per game. He's getting paid twenty one million dollars. I'm really good. Twenty one's not that bad, and you average almost twenty. <laughs> I would, no, I swear to God, I'm really good off him. Like I would not like twenty five and five. Like like you know how in two K they had to delete player from roster. Like if you delete Malcolm Brogdon from the roster, nothing's gonna change in the league. Like, I, like it's it's not even no slight to him. I agree with like, you because his injury history, no, but he's a decent ball injury, player. It's not the injury history, bro. He's just not like he he doesn't have that. Like he's just mid, bro. Like it's like he's just not that guy. Like I told you, this, he's a solid player. Bro, I told bro. you this in the offseason. Indiana has a lot of mid, just mid players that if you just take them out the league, nothing changes. Like, there is nothing that's going to change about the league. <laughs> like Harris Levert? Nothing, nothing in the history books. Nothing, like, there's no, like nobody's going to be hurt. It's just like they're gone. Like, and it's just like, all right, like, like they can retire tomorrow. And it's like, damn, well, you know, on to the next day. Like, we're going to move on. Like, there's nothing, and there's no shame. The, the NBA has a lot of players. But I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is that player where you sit there and be like, Oh yeah, he's somebody like he's a he's an elite player. He's a nice. Twenty five and five is very firm. I understand. Listen, you're gonna throw me the numbers, and I'm gonna listen. But bro, like I know you watch him play. You don't think, yo, damn, he's he's twenty five and nine. I know he probably like if you watch him play, and then the game is over, you probably think he had like fifteen points. I swear <laughs> to God. And then you look at it, and it's like what? No, like how do you have twenty five? Drew, to, like, for Drew real. to be honest, like they're violating him right now. He's a solid player. But I think like his role that he played in Milwaukee is like a role that fits him. Yeah, you know? like, like I think that that's role. a good player. He's like, a solid he's, player. Like he's like a ro- like not. But a like now, nah, but you're player. trying to like I feel like you're trying to say like he's whack though, and I don't nah, think he's, he's a whack, whack player. Call the mid. He's mid. He's a good player, bro. Bro, if you're the 18th ranked point guard in the league, come on. This the I point mean, guard position is stacked though. It is. That's true. Is he better than Kemba? What? Is he better than Kemba? Why are we asking that? <laughs> Kemba might not be like clean. top 25. No, but he is better than Caruso. You just would rather take. I would No, for fit-wise, I would rather take Caruso. He, I no, think he, he, better, he might be better than Lonzo, too, though. Brockton would be your best point guard. But would he be? But I don't a even think Brogdon's a true fit, one. No. I don't even really. I think I think Brogdon's like a tr- like a true two. I think so too. Definitely, his role in Milwaukee is like the excellent role for him. That's like really good. I mean, I think we can all agree Indiana is just rebuilding. No, right now. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of. That's surprised. really what I was saying. But you got caught up on Brogdon. 
I'm sorry, we was in a laughing like, moment. Yeah, you, so just just to, you take like, like the whole segment trying to violate. Yeah, Brogdon. we was in a laughing moment. But I feel like, can you, like, if you trade Brogdon today, honest to God, do you think you can get like two first rounders from No. Not with the injury history. Uh, can you barely think, even I get think, a, I think a you, first I think rounder? I think you get a late first. If he had no injury history, yes. I, don't I really don't think it's the, it's the injury concern. I'm telling bro. you, like, he's a, he's a very good ball scorer. Like, he could score the basketball. On a championship team, he's like the fourth, fifth guy. And Milwaukee, what was his role? Third, right? Third option. It was Giannis, Chris Middleton, and him. People, Bledsoe. No, people were saying no, that they would have rather kept him over Bledsoe. No, yeah, that's a fact. But that's like for fact. that year, like it was Bledsoe, though. Yeah, in the, in the long run, it wasn't. But yeah, mm. he was basically as on championship team. He was Alonzo role. That's what he was. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's I just nothing. Think, but I'm saying that's Indiana player, bro. is rebuilding, and for sure, I think the weirdest thing about the situation is that. One of their younger younger players or one of their younger core guys is twenty four, and Chris Duarte. Like, I think that's what makes it kind of like <laughs> good player though. Yeah, he's a good player, but you kind of kind of feel like he already peaked. He's already peaked. Yeah, like they, I, that's what I said. I think they really thought they was going to compete. In the so grand scheme of things, that's a horrible pick. <laughs> you, you need guys like you that. lost Levert. He, I mean, like you lost Levert. You're going to lose CJ. You're going to lose Sabonis. You really drafted a twenty-five-year-old. At that pick, though, who who was really what pick were they? They were the fourteenth pick. At that pick, Cole's available, bro. Because they really thought they paid that pick because they thought that he could contribute now to a team that was going to win. He has though, and I think I, you may you make I would make that. You he was the thirteenth like pick, so they drafted him over Moses Moody, okay. Alperin Shengun, Corey Kispert, Trey Murphy, Trey Mann. Kai Jones, Jalen Johnson. Sure. I think you still make that pick. Sam, Sam, Tom, Sam no, Thomas. I'll be honest. Sam I go Jones. Moses Moody. If I, if I if I if if in my head I'm like we're rebuilding, I go most. Rib, who would you go? Him or Cam Thomas? Him. Him. But then you put Chris Duarte on Golden State. Yeah. See, we don't want to do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to do that. that. Good. Uh, I still think it's a, I still think it's an alright move because you you need guys like this that. is kind of like where the Kings and the Blazers are at is that like they need a blue chip prospect and they're just trying to rebuild and go all in right now. Like, mm-hmm. Really. Their only young players that excite me are Jalen Smith and Tyrese. About, and you have to bank on Tyrese Halliburton becoming an all star. You have to. You have to bank that, on you, that's, his what development. that's what the Pacers are banking on. Yeah, or just be steady and make you know, just lose games so you can get a, an all star. Mm-hmm. You know, the really, rebuild's going to be for a while, you know? Miles Turner. Because let's say if they get a top pick, they get a Chet Holmgren, then Sabonis, you lose Sabonis, it doesn't hurt that bad. Then Miles Literally Turner becomes perfectly. expendable. There you go, that too. I think he still is. I thought that Jalen Smith moves made him. I like. I thought once they made that move, I thought that they were gonna trade Miles Turner. I kind of felt like they were gonna fire sell their entire team at the, at the deadline. I thought that meant trading Turner. I thought that meant trading Warren. Oh, uh, Warren, it, it's weird. You can't because, trade him because he's injured. Yeah, right? I thought they were gonna trade Buddy Hield as well. Like me too. I it's just, just hard to come by players if sale. you're Indiana. It's hard to find a, a good move for you. You know. So I think like because even like Buddy Hield, where was you gonna send them? You send them to a team that's contending, I guess. Then you got to find a contract that matches, and you got to find something that's right for you. It's like uh, we've been talking about teams that suck for a while. Let's go into the Dallas Mavericks. They're pretty good. <laughs> the Mavericks traded Chris Osprezingas. I think this was the like the surprise move of the deadline. I I wasn't expecting this to happen. I don't. I, there was barely chatter about it happening, and they traded him to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Now, is this a good move? Do you think the Mavericks got better? I mean, you're shaking your head, JC. Do you uh-huh. do you, are you do you feel strongly about this? Yeah, I do Say the it. trade one more time. I'm so sorry. KP for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Bertans. What? Trades <laughs> poop. That's a horrible trade. They trade didn't get a pick enough. And I look, 
I tried to think logically about this. It's hard the, to do. The only it? way I think that you know, let's say Jalen Brunson leaves, at least you keep Spencer Dinwiddie because I think he's going to end up leaving. But I think it's a risky move, bro. I mean, we were talking about Dallas as a top five defense, and now you're trading away probably one of your most improved defensive players. You're shaking up a, a unit that was top five in defense, getting worse with Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie's not that good of a defender. And then Bertans this year, he's getting paid eighty mil. And he's shooting 31% from the three, which is a career low. He hasn't been playing much. He's in and out the lineup. You can't get no uh, rhythm. But, yeah, and then you have another another person this year who's been underwhelming on the roster as well as Tim Hardaway. He's been awful this year. He's actually out for a while. So, I mean. They just paid Finney. Finney? That was great. I mean, look. Yeah, with a move like this, you're kind of forced to. But, I mean, the whole – look, I think the Dinwiddie, I mean, I don't know if I like the fit. I mean – I think that they did this just in case Jalen Brunson and and Jalen Brunson has value. There are a lot of teams that want him. The Knicks probably want him. There's a bunch of other teams that want him. He's he's a he's a good like he's a good point guard. And you know, I mean, you're shaking up a top five defensive unit. I mean, in the middle of the season, and I felt like the Mavericks, although they weren't a lock to get out of the first round, I think they had a way better shot with the team that they had with Porzingis. Rather than shaking it up and bringing Spencer Dinwiddie and Dallas Bertans, so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like you know skeptical on the on the on their whole defense. I don't know if this is going to make their defense plummet. They're getting two cones basically. Spencer Dinwiddie's not a good defender. Dallas Bertans, you lose rim protection. Now Jason Kidd's going to have to implement these guys and try to get them to buy in defensively, and they're not defensive players. It's just a move that really just didn't make much sense to me, and I don't know why they did it. I actually disagree. I think this was a good move for the Mavericks. And I know on prep, it doesn't look like it because you're like, oh, Dinwiddie has been playing bad. Bertans, oh, he's Davis Bertans. He's not, he's like just a four spacer. The Mavs are 13 and eight without KP this season. That sounds like they're barely above 500, but over the last six games, they really haven't had him. They've won three in a row without him with the starting lineup of Brunson, Luca, Finney Smith, Bullock, and Powell. In the last six games, Reggie Bullock has averaged 18 points per game. He's been really good. Shot 48% from three. Yeah, and, is making, <laughs> and is making 4.7 threes per game. The Mavs are 9-1 with Bullock makes four threes or more a game. Sounds like a bet. Their best lineup this season defensively, offensively, has been this lineup. This starting five of Brunson, Luka, Finney Smith, Bullock, and Dwight Powell. I think KP was extremely replaceable. I think it was quite clear that he can't be your second star. He's too unreliable. He's not healthy enough. I don't think he's even good enough to be your second star. He wasn't what Dallas traded him. He he wasn't the player that Dallas thought they were trading for. He's not a star player. He's not that unicorn. He really isn't. And now they added depth. I think Brunson still starts. Now you have Dinwiddie come off the bench. I think that's a much more suitable role for him. Just come off the bench Run the offense and do your thing. He doesn't work well with other players when they want to have the ball. He got he was clashing with Bradley Beal in Brooklyn. He was shining because he had that role of okay, off the bench, you just do your thing, or you and D'Lo take turns and you guys go at it and you get your buckets. I think this is a much better fit for him. Davis Bertans is a much needed floor spacer for his career. He shoots forty percent from three, so I think that's an upgrade and. Their depth is, I think, pretty good. Now, if you have a bench fully healthy of Dinwiddie, Hardaway Jr., Bertons, Kleba, 
and Josh Green, who's been who's been playing better as of recently, I think it's good. I think the 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 timetable of KP and Luca, that kind of thing has already run its course. We already knew what it was going to be. And it's really just about surrounding Luca and maximizing him with the personnel that fits around him best. And I think this trade did that. The only thing I didn't like about the trade is is the obligation they have to these players. Dinwiddie is locked in for a couple years. Bertans is locked in for a couple years. So this isn't these aren't expiring deals. This is their roster. Now, how much better can they make their roster moving forward? Well, hypothetically, if Dinwiddie starts to play better, Bertans starts to play better, and these players just play at a tradable level, they could package these assets into another star. And now they can pair pair that star up with Luka. So I think it makes more sense. I think there are a lot of teams that didn't really want KP because of the injury history. They don't want to take that gamble and because of that contract. Because of that, I think this was a good move. I think he's a good player. KP's a good player. But they were winning. they're winning without him. They're great defensively without him. It's not that huge of a loss. This team has been riding on defense all season. Fifth in defense rating, 19th in offense rating, ninth in net rating. Now, you said Dinwiddie coming off the bench is going to be a good idea. It has to be because him as a starter wasn't good. He's not better than Brunson. Obviously, I don't think him and Luka would work if they're starting in the same lineup. So him running the bench unit would probably be his best bet. Bertans, hopefully he gets more minute because you're right. He is this floor spacer. He can shoot that three-pointer. That pick and pop can be really, really dangerous. He just has to find his rhythm and hopefully continue with the minutes. Paying Dorian Finney-Smith was good. I, like like you said, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been playing good this year, but I think, you know, come playoff time, they're really, like, they're really going to need him. Like, he's going to be one of those guys that can hit shots, hit big shots. Last year, he was hitting a lot of big shots in that Clippers series, and he was lighting it up for them. So I think Thank for you. them, you know, finding a second star is going to be tough because Luka, once again, is going to have to probably carry the shoulders of that playmaking. Not that playmaking, but in the playoff time, you know what he does. He's going to have to carry that role because in this league, you need two stars. I don't care who you are, whether you're LeBron Luca, Giannis, you need another star behind you to help you out. And in this West, like you got Utah and they're two stars. You got Phoenix and they're two and a half stars because Aiden is like a half. You know, you got Steph and Clay and Dre. And then you like it's it's tough. Yeah. The Clippers, John you got Morant. them two. Memphis, you got them two emerging stars. And then in the East, of course, they got their two stars. So it's like Luca needs a wingman. If Luca gets a wingman, Dallas turns into a contender. But for right now, this is an okay move because I think, like you said, Porzingis is injury concern. And in the playoffs, he doesn't really show up. You know, he he he, he kind of shies away defensively. He starts to panic offensively. He starts to not find his that groove. That Clippers bubble series, though, he really instilled his will. But then when they the next year, he did it. So it's like, no doubt. I think they, they struggled. You, as know a whole, what, you know what I really think it was? When they Outside went small, he couldn't he couldn't do anything. Correct. Like, like the, once the coaching changed, he didn't do anything. I'm so with I you. think what, like, I think. Him going into the playoffs this year, you got to look at the teams that they're going to play. They might play Memphis. They might play Utah. I think Dallas can upset one of them. It's going to take a Luka heroic, but we've seen Luka do it. But I think Dallas can definitely upset one of these teams. But at the same time, good move because you get two guys that are reliable. You know they're going to play. And hopefully Dinwiddie can get back to that six-man role, you know, getting those buckets off the bench and playmaking off the bench. And then, of course, you keep Brunson and Luka as that starting backcourt. KP was getting $33 million this year, had a $36 million player option 
for next year. He was accepting that. Dinwiddie, <laughs> after next year, he's a free agent. He's getting paid 18 mil. Davis Bertans is locked in until the 24-25 season, and he's making 17 mil and 16 mil. So these contracts are tradable. Yep. Like they're tradable. They can trade this and they can package tradable. it. Yeah. So if they outperform themselves, if they outperform what we think they can be in Dallas, they can trade that for another star. And I, I think it's pretty good. KP, he's not worth 36 mil. He's not. 36 is crazy. He's been playing very well this season when he's been on the court. He's missed tw- He's missed over 20 games this year, which sucks. But when he's been on the court, he's been pretty good. I've almost 20 points per game. And when him and him and Luke were on the court, it seemed as if they were getting their chemistry together. And for me, it kind of hurt to see them give up on it, especially after after year one. They had their success. Year two, they struggled. But year three, they were starting to get it together. It's just KP couldn't stay on the floor, and he's missed these last five games. And Dallas would love to have him on the lineup. I struggle with them trading for a player who over their last seven games is averaging under seven points per game. I struggle with... With making a trade where who's that by the way Dimwitty okay Dimwitty who was the key piece of this trade whether it be Bertans and you need the shooting because sure you can always love to add depth but are they going to call on Bertans number as much as as I no, guess average fans they are, they are. and Dimwitty over these a, a few of these field goal percentages over these last seven games one for twelve two for ten three for ten two for nine four for sixteen. It got to the point where they're just not even giving him the ball or giving him the opportunity. One for five, two for six. <laughs> this is tough for me to accept because when Porzingis is on the court, the two can have success at the same time. And Luka, we all know what Luka is capable of. He is a top 10 player at the absolute minimum, and he has the capabilities to propel his team past the first round so long as they're not playing the Clippers. I do believe so. I just think that giving up on this was a little bit too early. When you bring up the money, fair enough. $33 million for a player who has struggled to stay on the court, I can understand moving off of him. However, I would have loved to see a better return. Dimwitty and, and Bertans is not nearly enough for me, <laughs> especially with the Mavs team who's at least keeping themselves in contention. What are they, number five in the West right now? Yeah. So I, I do struggle with it. I do agree with you. With the fact that money-wise, it made sense to move off of him. However, you're now losing 20 points per game. Who now you're asking Dimwitty, who has struggled all season to produce points, to come in and step in to 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 take off some of that load. And now you're asking more of Jalen Brunson, who I do believe is capable of stepping in to do so, but not to that degree, of course. And now you're asking even more of Luca, where he's already averaging 26 points per game and he's been struggling with his efficiencies, but as the season's gone on, he's gotten better. You're asking him to do almost double of what you're already asking for. And I do think he's capable of doing that, but this young in his career, given the fact that the Mavs already are in a better position than what most had projected them coming into the year, I would have liked them to at least be in a little bit more patient. I would agree with you, but the Mavs are winning without KP. And it's it hasn't been because Luca is dominating the entire game and he has the ball in his hands all the time. Versus Atlanta, he struggled from the field and Dallas beat them. And it was a main the main reason was because of their defense. I mean, they held Atlanta under a hundred points. KP did not play that game. Bullock had a great showing. Jalen Brunson had a great showing. They don't need KP. And Ooh. you you and you saying that KP was like. You basically said now now Jalen Brunson has to take that role as the second best guy. 
Why can't he? I, I think said, I said he's capable, but do I, you I know, think he can get to twenty? That's what, I that's feel, what I'm bro, just bro, bro, bro. This is the thing. I feel like you look at numbers too much. Brunson's averaging 16, 17. KP's averaging 19. Mm-hmm. Do I think that that discrepancy matters to me that much? It really doesn't. But think because, about what else Porzingis does for you. The height you lose. He's shooting 25% from three this year. Mm-hmm. Like, Jaylen, oh, I'm, not, Jaylen, I'm not saying the three-point. I'm saying the inside that, game. That, that's a, well, he doesn't have much of an inside game. I mean, Defensively, he's, he's at least a presence down there. Defensively, he gets lost sometimes, especially guarding the perimeter. Perimeter, of course, K- seven K- feet tall. KP's bread and butter coming into the league was the fact that he's a seven three big who can shoot. If he's not hitting threes, he's not who he thought he was. Jalen Brunson takes the load off of Luca because he handles the ball in situations and he's able to be another ball handler. And now when you bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, now you add in a third ball handler who can take the responsibility and the load off of Luca as well. I don't feel like they needed KP in that aspect. I feel like they've been struggling field goal percentage as a whole. Luca's shooting 31% from three. Korzingis is shooting 28% from three. Brunch is shooting 35% from three. That's good, though. It's solid. It's not it's great. Average. I mean, that's league average. average. That's, it, that's that, it is league average, but it's, it's average. like we can't just pinpoint it on on, on Porzingis. No, for I'm, not, I'm, not say, I'm not trying to pinpoint it on Porzingis. I'm just saying that we have seen results that show that the Dallas Mavericks best lineup is when KP is not there. Like their best lineup is Brunson. Like what's the wins Luka, discrepancy? Like wings? when he's in and out, what's the difference? No, they're 13 and 8, but their best lineup <laughs> But that's lineup, what I'm saying when he's in no, the lineup. Yeah, so but they're when he's out they're 13 and 8, but their best net rating, their best five man lineup is Brunson, Luka, Bullock, Finney Smith and Powell. The reason being that Finney Smith and Bullock can guard any single position on the court. Brunson, he at least tries as a defender. And Powell is a very bouncy player. He's a really good rebounder. He's very athletic. He can I guard. I agree. And he's just a perfect player to play with Luka. And he's also shooting 36% from three this year, even, even though it's on low attempts. Mm-hmm. Like, he's shown he can knock it down. I just feel like taking the load off of Luka is not necessarily getting another big. I think it's getting a player like Dinwiddie who can handle the ball. So now... When Luca's on the bench, you don't blow leads because you have somebody offensively. But you already have that in Brunson. He's starting. Mm. So he's starting so you don't have that off the bench anymore. So now that they have Dinwiddie's basically going to be playing the Brunson role that he played last year. And I think that's the perfect role for him. So now off the bench, Luca doesn't have to worry about a lead getting blown because Dinwiddie, I know he hasn't play, playing good this year, but I think he's going to pick it up. He can average 15 to 16. He can go off on any single given night. And he can at least man the second unit. And Hardaway is injured right now, but when he comes back, that's huge as well. He's been struggling this season as well. Yeah, it's but like I, as a I, whole I still trust Hardaway. Oh, I do too. I'm 100% with you. It's just as a whole right now, offensively, outside of Luka, because he has the attempts, it's been a lot of struggling offensively. The reason for me is I just, I just, I see KP as very replaceable. Because Luca is somebody who demands the offense to be run a certain type of way. For sure. Because Which of makes that, sense. KP's not going to get those post touches. KP's not going to get those touches on the block. KP is basically going to be relegated to a Davis Burton's role. But as a number two, though, why does that make sense to you? Because I'd rather have Luca have it. And I agree with you. But at a certain point, why can't you let your number two get some looks? Because KP statistically is not a great post up player, is not great. 
when facing up. Is There's times where he shies away from taking smaller players into the post and enforcing his will. He's got to get these 20 somehow. So why not just give him the rock? Let him true. try and get his. <laughs> that is true. He's your number two. Why not give him that opportunity? Well, he's what? gone. No, it's, I it's agree. No, for sure. So what's his role in Washington going to look like? That is a good question. He might Beals not play this season. Beal's out for the season, right? Yes. And for Washington, what is it? A Beal and KP? No. What is that oh, yeah, going to no, do? That's what I'm saying. Do nothing. I agree. I Plus agree. So, so, okay. Why they do? Why the move as a whole just makes no sense to me. It makes more sense for Washington. I mean, it makes more sense for Dallas and for Washington. But I'll ask you this. You're talking about KP being a number two and how Dallas would have more potential with him as a number two, right? With Beal and KP, what's that potential like? Like, what, what do they look like? What is their ceiling? What is their peak? Not much better. And Beal's already and out if, for the season, so we're not even going to get to see it. If we don't even think Washington can be a formidable team in the East. It's Luka, though. We're talking about Luka. No, no, but, I'm, there's, but, there's but, I, do, but I do think that Washington, if you look at their roster right now, they have more depth than Dallas as a whole, I believe. like they Now they do have more depth. If Beal and KP can't do anything, if KP can't even maxim, maximize his play to a level where they're at least formidable, at least a, a, a consistent playoff team, what makes me think he can be the reason why Luca gets past the first round and they advance more? Like I don't, I don't, like KP is not somebody I look at and I'm like, that's the missing guy. The East is like, tough. We're talking about a very competitive East where now the seventh team is four and a half games out of first place. KP supposed to be an all star. And my point is, you're talking about from going from Luka Doncic to now Bradley Beal, who obviously is out for the rest of the season. They don't have a point guard. And, what what are you you're really asking a lot of him here? I'm at, I mean he's an he's supposed to be an all star caliber player. Mm-hmm. When about to start when the Mavericks traded. Oh, no, the Wizards are a mess. I feel like de- death uh, depth wise. What what are we really talking about here? Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, KCP, Denny Advia. KCP's Bryant. been struggling defensively. Harold's gone. Thomas Bryant. Yeah, but at the time he Thomas was there. Bryant's been struggling since coming back from the injury. Yo, Raul Neto's about to start. They actually just beat Brooklyn. Brooklyn's <laughs> on a 10-game losing streak. It's not meaning much to me right now. Neto had 21. <laughs> oh, look at Neto. What are the odds? Shout out to Neto. You know I'm saying? Yeah, I'll play Kyrie. When Dallas traded for KP, like 33 they though. thought they were getting a top 20 player in the NBA. You think so? Yes, top absolutely. 20? Yes. Did you think Porzingis was top Potential 20 in the was. NBA? He was getting there. Before he tore his ACL with New York, yeah, we, we were in the playoffs yeah. with him. Top 20. Potential wise, yeah, he was yeah, leading them. Potential wise, fair unicorn vibes. Wait, Bradley Beal is kind of like a top twenty player. It's not Luca though. You hate that man. <laughs> you're not. You're not. I'm not. I wasn't even. I wasn't even gonna say that. Mm-hmm. In 2018, before KP tore his ACL, we were definitely saying KP was better than Beal, definitely because of the defensive prowess and what he brought offensively. Dallas thought they were getting a top twenty player to pair up with Luca. He's anything but that. Last year, he was a shell of himself defensively, not even not only on the perimeter, but interior-wise. He wasn't a good shot blocker, and he's 7'3". He's not a great rebounder, and he's 7'3". Hey, there are things that KP just lacks, and I don't think he was fixing anything for Dallas, and they saw enough of a sample size that showed we're better without KP. You know, they might not have the star. They, might not, not, they don't have the name brand recognition, but they have the fit. They have the fit right. Are they making it out of the first round this year? Yes. Mm. 
I'm okay. gonna go on a limb and say no. <laughs> okay. No, we'll who, so you. So who? If they play Utah, they'll beat them. Okay. And they're playing Utah like currently they would play. What about them. Memphis? That's tough, but that's they can an, beat that's them. That's an L. That's tough, but they can beat them. They can beat them. I L. think Utah can beat Dallas too. Oh, of course. Yeah, you, got you, say, you know what I'm saying? Donovan. Nah, because Finney Smith's gonna lock you. Picked, you picked so? you picked LOL. the perfect <laughs> you picked the perfect team for me to say Mavs got a shot because I'm out on Utah. But if they're all healthy, I'm taking Man, it's Utah. not the perfect team. That's who they'd be playing right now. No, I'm saying perfect team as in who I would agree with you that they could beat because I'm out on Utah. However, a healthy Utah, I'm taking them. Okay, we'll see. I mean, it's Luka, so at the end of the day. Donovan Mitchell, man. Donovan Mitchell, he's playing in the playoffs. Going off. We talk about some of the bigger trades, but now let's talk about a trade that was probably under the radar that you guys liked the most that happened at the trade deadline. So I'll start with you, Riv. What trade did you think was pretty cool that we didn't highlight? Oh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go for the Derek White trade. You know, I thought in Boston, you know, trading Josh for, for Derek White, I think Derek White is a clear, better player. He's sort of a jack-of-all-trades type of player, a guy who can defend. A guy who can defend, he can play make, he can shoot the ball. I know the percentages doesn't look right now, but he can shoot the ball. A guy who can finish at the rim, a very smart player. So this is kind of like a a Marcus Smart with some offense to him, like some very knowledgeable offense. So this is somebody who I think is really good for them, a guy who can come off the bench for them, somebody who can provide that spark. So I thought this was a really good trade for Boston. And, you know, it's it's actually perfect because Dennis Schroeder, they just shipped out. So Derek White coming in and either starting or being that sixth man is really good for them. And I thought they made some nice moves to kind of set themselves up for a first-round exit. Before you go, <laughs> the Mavericks beat the Clippers tonight. Luka had 51. Backpack. He's like that. Quiet in play. Brunson, B- Bullock. <laughs> Brunson and Bullock had 11. Finney Smith had 12. Powell had 8. He, but, did but that. That, look, he felt like he needed I to said, say something, I, but no, the guys no, didn't but play. What did I literally just say? You're asking Porzingis to do double. Wait, Luca, Luca, Luca. Thank you. 26 <laughs> times 2, 52. He dropped then how many? Didn't 51? Play, then we didn't play. Bro. 51. Bro. 51. Mm. 28 in the first quarter. He's unbelievably great. two guys great. didn't play. He's unbelievably great. Marcus Morris played. <laughs> <laughs> And listen, this is the greatest coach team in the history of basketball, too. They bro, should... Reggie, Reggie Jackson, Powell, Zubach, Morris. How did Reggie Batoon, Jackson do? Bro, we can't, bro, they can't stop. They all played. They can't stop Luka, bro. How did Reggie come on, Jackson come on. play? He had 18 and 8. Uh, Luka. Yeah, Reggie. My son Reggie had 18 what? 18 and 8. It's 18 not and 8. Mid. What about who mid? <laughs> Reggie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> if Brogdon's mid, he's mid. He's better than Brogdon. I swear to God, he's oh better my than God. Brogdon. Bro, that's actually a debate. I'd rather have Reggie I Jackson. I like that debate, Brogdon. honestly, yeah, but I would ball. rather Brogdon. <laughs> yeah, but like, I know what you were going to say. You're asking Luka to do more, but then I look at the Hawks game where they beat them. Brunson had 22. Bullock had 22. Hawks had not that great this He hasn't season. been that against the Hawks. The Hawks have been bro. way better. Defensively, when was this? I'm asking, per, honest to God. This was Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a and good win. Powell had 12, and Luka had 18, and nice. he struggled from the field. Nice. So that's what I'm saying. That's like they, they have shown they, they don't yeah. need KP. Mm-hmm. But, he just has a vendetta against the Clippers, bro. That's why the game looks like that, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, he kicked them out twice. He doesn't get far because of them. The Mavs record since 2019-2020, including playoffs, they have a .592 win percentage with Luka and Porzingis and a .6, right? .6 with just Luka. So, yeah, it's pretty much the same. StatMuse comes in slow, cu- slow clutch, bro. I love StatMuse. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Player. Yeah, they'd be funny. So, yeah, what trade did you like, though? So, for me personally, I'm going to go ahead and say that I like the Karis LeVert trade. Karis, I'm sorry, GT, if I took yours, but... No, no, no. Yeah, I word, no. Karis LeVert, you add him to oh, a team right. that needed a little bit of offense. You, It was very Darius Garland-sided, reliant. reliant, thank you. 
But you have Jared Allen, who's been producing. You have Evan Mobley, who's been producing. You have Kevin Love, who's taken the six-man role and absolutely strived well farther than what he's been striving uh, over these last couple of seasons. You add Karis LeVert, who's been averaging 18 points on, on the Pacers. Struggled in his debut. Struggled to a degree. Was 4 for 11. But it's going to take some work. He's He's been having some woes this season offensively. But you're not asking him to be the number one which is more than fine. You just need him to get his buckets when he can, when the ball's in his hands, and I think he's more than capable of doing that. And it really sparks the question whether the Cavaliers are going to be honest contenders this season. When we spoke about it with the Grizzlies and the Cavaliers, who would be, who do you have more confidence in? We all sided with the Grizzlies, and I think I'm still consistent on that fact, but it's possible now, given the fact that how tight this Eastern Conference is, and how great defensively the Cavaliers are. You add Karis LeVert, who really gives them that spark offensively. Could they make it to the second round? Are they a potential Eastern Conference matchup? It's one of those that it's a wait and see. Uh, well, the move for me, even though I, we kind of already went over this, but um, I kind of I, I I'm intrigued with the Clippers move that they did. I mean, Norman Powell's debut at 28, he was gassing up. Robert Covington had thir- having 13 points, and that move kind of i'm not going to backtrack because that's going to look corny of me cuz robert covington no but not even that it's just they're going to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back <laughs> and they're going to add Norman Powell oh, scared of the clippers and, being and nice Roko and well, their he, championship no he's they're, scared they're, he's their championship scared. window their championship window yeah i know it's it's, it's, it's absolutely open windows. again and i think i mean i think that moves i think that moves incredible Atlanta? i think the clippers are going to be even Bad better snake. defensively Offensively, they're going to get Kawhi Leonard back, who I believe is a top five player. Paul George, anywhere from that 15 to 10 what? range of, yeah, as a player. Um, Number 12, boy. But yeah, I mean, like like I said, I mean, I was really intrigued by this move. Uh, obviously, we're not going to bank on Norman Powell having 28 when their roster is fully uh, intact and everybody's healthy. But I mean, I think a move, a, a subtle move like this, adding more defense, shooting, and scoring, I think this opens up their, their window again. That I wasn't sold on, but I mean, yeah, that move was very intriguing to Welcome me. To the club, bro. I mean, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you're gonna have decent role players around the Reggie Jackson. He's a mid, but he's all right. Luke Kennard's a really good shooter. I mean, they got rid of Serge Ibaka. I don't know what they ended up getting for him. What did they end up getting for Serge? Just, just to get some spots so we can resign Roko, bro. That's all. Rodney Hood and and Semi Ojale. Release. Uh, We're gonna release both, both of them. Of them. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, they're both gone. I'm not even gonna lie to you. So yeah, I mean, like it, for I mean. This is a move that I know we already talked about it, but I feel like, you know, because of these blockbuster moves and this being that it happened a couple of days ago, I think people, some people kind of forgot about how impactful this move was. First of all, playoff Reggie is not mid. I need you to understand that. Well, it was one playoff series. And actually, no, OKC had a yeah, very nice one. Reggie's actually not mid. Whenever he's been healthy, he's led the business to the playoffs. Thank you. Vert? Yeah, he has. Yeah, I don't care. WCF, um, where'd you guys go last year? Second round. Oh. Got hurt. Yeah. So do we? I, I think hurt. my favorite move was the move that OKC made, the Thunder made. Uh, they traded a second round pick to Miami, and they got KZ off Paolo. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, I, was about to I don't know. He's a young player, though. Um, I, I think the Raptors getting Thad Young was good. They needed some center Solid. depth. I mean, right now they have no centers, literally on the roster. They and, have a lot of wings, though. Yeah, Thad Young. He can be Love classified as a wing because he's a six eight. Power forward. He's a forward, basically. I don't know if he fixes their center problem. I don't think he really does. They they cut Drew Eubanks. They waived them, so he's not on the team. But I think Thad Young at least gives them a solid uh, small ball five option. 
He's going to be a good rotational player off the bench and is a much-needed guy for a playoff push that they are hoping to make. Another one, though, is Montrezl Harrell going to the Hornets. The Hornets have been wanting Montrezl Harrell for a while. I thought you scoffed at that one. Yeah, you did. No. That you said that the Hornets' answer was uh, for at center was Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> but the reason why is because it's like the Hornets clearly needed a defensive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Center for sure. He does not needed offer a that. shot blocker. They needed. He just offered. Yeah, they needed a defender. Also plays. <laughs> Montrez Harrell is anything but that. I think he's definitely gonna add on to the offense they have. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. the pick and roll with Lamelo or Rozier doesn't matter. The, the energy he yelling. brings. It's gonna be a very exciting brand of basketball to watch. And they didn't trade much from him. They still kept PJ Washington. They kept all of their main guys. Uh, they traded Vernon Carey Jr. and Ish Smith. For Montrez Harrell, a six man of the year candidate. Sounds like a stud like, to me. To me, it's it's a it's a no brainer move. Uh you got Mason Plumlee's still probably gonna start, but Montrez Harrell off the bench, I think that that's a fine move for the Hornets. But it doesn't fix their problem, which was defense. Defense, yeah. yeah. They needed a real center, and he's not a real center to me. I like the that that young move, honestly. You get him out of San Antonio where he basically was getting a bunch of DNPs because he wants to get the young guys, Jacob Poetel. I believe that's how Pertle. you pronounce it. Proto. Yeah. His Jaco name Pertle. is mad weird. Pertle, yeah. Apologize for absolutely. <laughs> Poeto. Poeto. Like that's that. how it's spelled. That's how it's spelled. Yeah. I apologize. Poeto. I like that. Yaka Pertle. Yeah. Yaka Pertle. Is he Polish? Yeah, I think so. He's, Jacob he's been playing yeah. very well, and he was in talks of getting traded also. <laughs> we tried to get him. <laughs> but um, they didn't. They weren't budging. And um, I, I know. It was so stupid of me. You know, he actually played for the Raptors, right? Jakob He got drafted a minute ago. He did. And they, they traded he him? He went to Danny Green. They, trade. traded, him, they traded him for... Uh, it was him, Danny Green, I think, for Kawhi. Yeah, he, he was part of the Kawhi, Kawhi trade. trade. Yeah, that was That's Kawhi lit. Trade. I would do that three times over. They won a championship, so for sure. But the Raptors have been playing very good ball lately. Gary they Trent just had 42 today. Bro, Gary Trent <laughs> is amazing. He's better than Jordan Poole. He's... Yo, that is honestly not that we hot of a take. We were debating that the other day. Bro, he is an amazing shooter. His defense is extremely solid. Gary Trent mid, bro. I didn't say a word just now. Bro, I didn't say a word. You didn't and, call him mid the other day. Pascal Siakam is no, the other amazing. Day. He's Sick amazing. Sick him. He's not better than Jordan Poole. No, what? he is. Gary Trent, that's not that hot. Like, bro. He's not better than Jordan Poole. Bro. Oh, man. Jordan Poole is averaging 16 off the bench, bro. Dude, Gary Trent has been one of the most consistent 15. ball players yeah, in basketball this season. Gary Trent will go to your team to start. Over Zach? I don't think so, bro. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. We talked about trades. We like the best. Which trades did you like the least? I wouldn't say a trade, but I like this is this is for me, this is like a loser. And it's um Dame. You know, Dame, I feel like he's the loser of this <laughs> deadline for you know, for being and I and I, I it's hard, like in real life, this would be cool, you know, being too loyal sometimes. Like that's like being a loyal person, too loyal to somebody. I feel like that like for me, I I hold weight to that. Like, I respect that. But in the NBA, that's horrible. And for him being too loyal to the Portland fan base, not fan base, I feel like they they understand. But him being too loyal to that organization, that front office, when they have yet to put a team around him right now. No, I'm saying like right now. Of course, before they've tried. And he, listen, last year when they played Denver, he... He they put a team around him. He did everything he could to try to win. Everybody else just didn't show up, and then obviously years back he did his thing. But I think for for me the loser in this all is Dame because he is still in Portland. He's still not on a winner, dealing with injuries. Now he has to come back to a situation that's probably not going to be better than when he went down. So I think for me the loser is Dame. 
For me, the trade I didn't like was the one we went on a huge tangent about, this Mavericks and this Wizards trade. I don't like the idea of trading away Porzingis. I feel as if you gave up too soon. We went through the numbers a bunch, so let's not reiterate, really. But I just think for what you traded in a 20-point-per-game score, you got back an inefficient ball player who has been horrendous this year in, in Dan Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. And, and, Watch the come-up, bro. And Bert- I, I hope you're right, Watch bro. Listen, I'm not, I'm not one to really... Be too upset if someone proves me wrong. I really am not. But I do believe, given the fact that Dimwitty has just been so consistently bad this year, I would be shocked to see him step up. Where right? I mean, you can't do worse than what he's doing right now. So anything would be better than what he's giving you right now. But it hurts to lose Porzingis. Given the money situation, I understand. But in terms of production, in terms of what he brings to the offensive side of the ball, where they struggle right now. I find it difficult to sit with. And if they get Goran Zajic. Interesting. Rogic. But then you add, so that's more point guard death. So then Dimwitty, what happens to him? I mean, Wait, old just, shit. It'd be just one and two. It'd be just back up two, back up one. I might get him. I think he gets bought out. I didn't see your name on the list of teams that he <laughs> nah, to Nah, I just saw it now. I don't know Twitter. Okay. <laughs> sure you'll get him. He's so whack. Um, He's not whack though. He's oh whack, my god! So I really don't like everybody. him. Wait, he's whack. I just, he I, I, I personally just don't have a vendetta. I don't like him, bro. And the year that Miami was in the bubble, Goran <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Like he <laughs> could be, like he could be dumb, nice. I'm always gonna call him whack. Um, you just don't like the way he plays. Nah, he's corny. Um, the, I mean, it wasn't really a trade that I disliked, but I kind of felt bad that John Wall didn't get moved. I was, I was getting paid forty. I was thinking that, like, yeah, what happened to Eric Gordon? That's another one. That, yeah. He should have got... Nah, he really should have got moved. Yeah, I was the, the Rockets I thought the Rockets were going to sell. I was tight that the, that the, the Lakers Suns moved Jalen Smith for no The Lakers should have traded Westbrook for John Wall. You I, have nothing to lose. I was happy that we were kind of skating around. nothing to gain. You have nothing to lose. And we're going to send a first-round pick and Russ. So what? Bro, we were not. <laughs> they need we that, bro. Do that. They're not going to no, be good No, we that weren't going to do that. In 2027, that pick's going to matter, bro. In 2027? bro, bro, bro. It's going to matter. We're going to be bad. We're going to be bad. Why are you saying we? You're not a Lakers fan. Oh, my God. Here we go back to this. <laughs> Just say who you're going to say, bro. I mean, nah, I, I wish I, I I was on board of John Wall being moved for Russell Westbrook. I think John Wall can do things that Russell Westbrook can't do. He's a better defender, smarter with the basketball, and it's not saying much, but he's a better shooter. Now he's just going to be on Houston. Obviously, he's making 44 mil, but I don't know what his future is going to be after this year. I don't know what type of contract he's going to get. I think it would have been good to maybe not up his value, but like show what he can do on the basketball court. But I mean, obviously he's not he's not being moved. What, so why is the notion that John Wall is going to be better than Westbrook such a big thing when they're kind of like the same player? Because of the defense. No, John Wall's going to need the ball. John Wall can't shoot because of the defense. Uh, I mean, defensively, okay, no, it's yeah, a huge he, deal. No, defensively, Russ's defense he might. Is trash. No, defensively, he probably will be better. But I'm just speaking. Like, he's a better playmaker than Russ too. And listen, he's yeah, like like he's he's a bad yeah, shooter. Russell he's a bad shooter, but at least he'll make him. Like he'll no, make Russell him. has like an eight to five turnover ratio this year. Bro, his turnovers have been insane. John Wall don't turn the ball. He's top over that four much, in turnovers bro. this year. It's been it's been hard. It's been tough. I just don't think John I don't, Wall. I don't, I don't think, think John Wall would make much I mean, of a difference. To, to a degree, I think so. Defensively, we need it. But, you know, let's, talk, funny, let's talk the about the Lakers thing? in a few because I know it's going to come up. Are we actually? They turned that deal down. To be the honest. trade that I didn't like was the Blazers trading to kill Alexander Walker. I feel like he could have been a. a Good young player in their rotation. Should have traded him to OKC, man. Instead, they traded him to U- the Utah Jazz. I hope that he gets some minutes there. But even though he was very efficient this year, you can kind of see some of the flashes in his offense again that he could become something. And I feel like with the green light in Portland, with nobody really there, he could have really shined in that position. Maybe they're all in on Keon Johnson, and that's why they traded away Alexander Walker. 
But I, I didn't like them trading Alexander Walker personally. I wanted to see him OKC, man. His, his cousin. Two of the teams that didn't make any moves at the deadline were the Lakers and the Knicks. Uh, and I think this goes hand in hand with this topic I'm about to, that we have right now on the list. What team are you disappointed in that didn't make a move? For me, it's between the Knicks and the Lakers. And I would have said Houston. I'll say this. I think no matter what happens, the Lakers aren't going to win a championship. But I'm more disappointed in the Knicks just because this trade deadline was supposed to give me a clearer understanding of where our direction is heading in. Are we trying to make a playoff push? If the answer is yes, why didn't we try to make our roster better at the deadline? Are we trying to just rebuild and tank for a better pick? If so, why didn't we just trade Fournier or Burks or Kemba? I wouldn't even be opposed to trading Randall. Why do we keep the same roster we've been having all season like something is supposed to magically change? I've been tw- I've tweeted this already twice. And the tweet is blown up two times already. We traded for Cam Reddish just to treat him like Kevin Knox. Now, I was never high on Cam Reddish in Atlanta, by the way. And I compared Cam Reddish to Kevin Knox multiple times. He's just a more hyped up, talented version of Kevin Knox. But I do think he's more skillful. The fact that he's not playing at all really disgusts me. Not because he's this all-world player that I think he has his all-star potential. That's what everybody thinks, though. It's because we traded a first-round pick. We offloaded Kevin Knox and a first-round pick for Cam Reddish, and we're not playing him. We basically made that trade for nothing. And now with Derrick Rose coming back, Grimes might be lost in rotation, even though I think Grimes has already solidified himself in rotation. It's just going to be harder to play these younger guys. Are we going to stop playing Fournier and Kemba or buy him out and, and Burks? The way Tom Thibodeau operates, I highly doubt it. Because of that, I don't know what our direction is. We're going to start the same guys we started with the, at, the, at the beginning of the season. We're going to win some meaningless games and make our chances at the lottery worse. So I'm disappointed in the Knicks. Oh, people, people are going to say Lakers and Knicks. I'm not disappointed in the Lakers because since day 20, I knew you couldn't make moves because you don't have anything to move. THT isn't good. Malik Monk's your best guy, but he's you're not going to move him. Westbrook isn't good, and nobody and wants that contract. they can't move him because he just gets paid like one mil a year. Yeah, Westbrook isn't good, and nobody wants that contract anyways. And Kendrick Nunn hasn't played. It's Your best bet was moving Kendrick Nunn and THT, and THT hasn't propped himself up to be somebody people be like, all right, this is a guy we could bank on. So I knew for a fact, unless it's LeBron and AD, which you definitely wasn't doing, nobody was getting moved in the Lakers. So I knew it was never going to happen. So I'm not disappointed or I'm not whoop-dee-doo. I just knew you were never going to have anybody to move. The Knicks, I I, I honestly, I thought she was going to make a move on Fox, but I wouldn't say I'm disappointed in it, to be honest, because you guys are just in a weird direction with yourselves anyways. For me, it was Houston because I thought they was going to make a move on get off Eric Gordon and Christian Wood. I thought those would be the two guys that they would get off of Eric Gordon, especially I thought he would finally go to a, like a contender and he'll be able to do his thing. Christian Wood, I, I thought, and I'm upset for this other team in Charlotte because I thought they go get a big. I thought Christian Wood and Miles Turner would be two guys on their radar. 
guys who have shot blocking ability, guys who will help LaMelo in the offense, be that pick and pop, pick and roll type of player. So I thought Charlotte and Houston, those would be the two teams for me that I'm disappointed because I watched Charlotte just last night. They have no rim protection. They have no perimeter defense. They're the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. They don't play defense. They don't get after it on the defensive end. They just let guys score. And Mason Plumlee sucks. He's the worst free throw <laughs> shooter in the league. And offensively, oh, my God, it's hard watching him. So I thought those would be the two guys. But those are my two uh, disappointing teams, the Rockets and the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets got Harrell. They did make a move, though. It's a team that didn't make a move. Yeah, it's all right, bro. Didn't mean it. He mentioned the Rockets, though. He's in the yeah, Rockets. Yeah, you're yeah, in the clear. You're in the but clear. actually, the, the Rockets traded Tice. I'm not. Yeah, I'm but that doesn't. That yeah. barely counts. Like these weak ass. They have Dennis Schroeder, though. <laughs> these weak ass moves. They man. did get Dennis Schroeder, though. These moves. He's gonna get bought out probably. These moves suck, man. I'll say I am disappointed in the Lakers because I would have liked at least to see us get a role player. Not anyone significant, <laughs> not a great player. Try to get Terrence Ross. <laughs> Bro named I, two teams that made a move. I know. Oh, my I'll God. Give you the, I gave you the Rockets. Hornets, I'm sorry, Tyson, bro. That was whatever, bro. I'm not changing my pick. No, that's fine, bro. I'm, I'm fine real... with the Rockets. Yeah, I'm glad. You, you're okay to look dumb uh, on camera. Um, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> look at it. I'm sorry, bro. Um, I would have liked to see us get some kind of role player. Like the Eric Gordon. Uh, uh, what? I don't understand. I, I want down? anything. I want anything. I'm being <laughs> what honest. You just said? Our, bro, we have our, our depth is Gordon? garbage. How was you going to get Eric Gordon? Listen, what you're Can't saying you was right. THT? What you're saying is right. We really, we really don't have much to offer other teams, which is why I really couldn't be too overly upset. But Cam Reddish is doing nothing but sitting on the Knicks bench doing nothing. I thought she was going to get Cam? Why couldn't we go and, and make an offer at the Knicks to get Cam Reddish? You guys did. We actually, our, we actually had trade talks, but did, nothing happened. Which is unfortunate, and I really would have liked to see him get some more opportunities, which we would have 100% given him. Our offense right now is very isolation-heavy, unfortunately. It's the ball's in LeBron's hands, the ball's in Malik Monk's hands, the ball's in, in Anthony Davis's hands. It's not. It would not have been shocking me to see Cam Reddish get opportunity that way also. It's the reason why Malik Monk has gotten the role that he has had, because he was so good in those situations. So... I would have liked to see us do something to just, just to get any type of role player. But Riv, like you mentioned, you're 100% right. There's not much that we could offer teams. Buy all market, and, right? and, I'm, and I'm happy, personally, because there's this report that we apparently could have traded for, for John Wall if we gave Russ in a first-round pick. Given, and that we didn't do it because of the first-round pick. It makes 100% sense. Why are we trading away this 2027 when, one, that's our only first-round pick for a few years, and mm-hmm. in 2027... LeBron's not going to be there. There's a chance that Anthony Davis might not be there. So the chance. team is not looking. It, it's what we're trajectorying. Uh, 80s, 28, 29. If what we're projecting, excuse me, uh, it, there's a chance that 2027, the Lakers are not going to be good. So I don't blame them for holding on to that pick. That's tough luck. What? I named my team, bro. Oh, you did? I started out oh, with you started? It. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I kind of, it kind of went hand in hand with the John Wall thing with the Lakers. I kind of wanted the Lakers to move on from Westbrook. I know the Rockets showed interest in getting Russell Westbrook, but obviously, I for, who they did a deal. One of the teams turned down the deal. I'm not really sure who it was. I believe the, the Lakers. The Rockets, no, Lakers I believe the Lakers turned, turned down, down Lakers. that deal. They didn't want to get the first round pick. Um, but then again, like I mean, Somebody's you guys really playing. like that 2027 pick is going to really matter. Yeah, I don't know. We, I mean, I, in, in the grand like, scheme of things, you like, already mortgaged your whole future. It's like five years from now. You already mortgaged your whole future. Well, but why give John more for John Wall? 
Like, bro, mm. we're giving a pick that's five years down the line for John Wall, who hasn't played a single game all year. Yeah, but then John Wall's on a one-year deal. You wouldn't have to pay him if no, the season went. No, he has a player option for next year. Oh, he year. can opt in? Yeah, he can say yes oh. and give me my money. Oh, I thought he had. That's why yeah, I thought he had a one-year deal. You could see if you yeah, want to resign a, it's him. It's a one-year, but, but he it's can, a player. He, he, he can right, say yeah, yes. So right, it's yeah. like, no. I need them to buy that's him out already. Four million. No. no, yeah, no, my fault. I thought I thought John Wall was just this, and he didn't have a player option. I thought he was going to go into free agency. That's how. That's what I thought it was. I thought it would be a low risk, low reward. Or high reward. Yeah, move. forty-seven mil op player option next year. Oh, never mind. Then. We need a buyout. Two K is very key. We need him to get bought out. Yeah. There are some buyout options that you know these players like to get bought out. Gary Harris, Dennis Schroeder, John Wall, Goran Dragic, Eric Bledsoe, Robin, Robin Lopez. Lopez, Corey <laughs> Joseph, Ennis Freedom. You guys are Tristan shit. Thompson, Paul Millsap, and Eric Gordon. Eric, Eric, Eric. Gordon, and John Wall intrigue me for sure. John Wall's John Wall's I don't buy parts of any of them. They're not gonna buy John Wall. I don't know. I, they probably don't buy him out. But yeah, oh, no, nah, yeah, John Wall's he's not gonna get bought out. It's a big. He's an open run right manifest. now. Hooping. That's all Damn, I can do at this Michael point. Michael Beasley. <laughs> Michael Beasley. <laughs> yeah. Man, I thought he was gonna be a star. Everybody did, bro. He the hype was insane. Tyler, he, he was OD. His right? rookie year, he was a dog. He averaged twenty one, right? Didn't win rookie of the year though. This is going to do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. This was episode 154. Thank you again to PJs and Peter for showing us love with this Josh Kitty jersey. It's going to be hanging up here for the rest of time. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, and we'll see you next time.